The question would be where I'd put the Budweiser. The Bud Heavy. It's got to be in the threes. Got to be in the threes. You think so? The all right. So a Bud Heavy would be worth more to. Are you. we live? Yeah, we are live. I'm yeah, sure we're probably live. We're gonna finish this conversation though. Yeah. yeah uh, so, so yeah, so, Bud Heavy above a Bud Light. I would every day of the I, week. I, I would yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, I, if I Bud Light coming in like a solid four one. All right, four one. Miller Lights coming at four four. Is a butt butt heavy above that? Is what you're saying? Like above those two? Yeah. Or like I would in say between that. those two? Yeah. I would say in is, between the two. It, is My, there just a Miller? Like no, I don't think so. there a Miller. There used heavy? to just be a Miller. Hold on, I look it up. I don't. I'm remember. pretty sure. Like I, I know. There's, like, I know. There's, there's, I know. There's just like a, a regular cores, and it comes in that like that yellow can. You know. Ooh. Like, yeah, uh, not Coors Banquet. So, you know, like, yeah, there's Bud Light and there's obviously Bud Heavy, which is Budweiser. Is there a Miller Heavy and a Coors Heavy? There's, oh. I, I know there's a Coors Heavy, like just a normal Coors, but is there a Miller? Just a straight Miller. Would Miller High Life be the Miller? That's the only other thing as I can think I would of say yes by default. I don't think there's another option. The only thing, okay. but which in that case, I do, I like a Miller High Life. Uh, Miller High Lives are pretty good. Can't Especially, we would, um, what was the bar that Austin got kicked out of when we were trying to go? It was AC in Charleston? Yeah, was, that's, that's your territory. Yeah. He didn't even get kicked out. He didn't even get in. Well, yeah. yeah. But he got denied either, entry. Either way, they used to have Miller, I think, High Life's on bottles for like $2. Good for them. I'm pretty sure Miller High Life is the like Miller, Miller Heavy. Yeah, Miller Heavy. You know, like Bud Light and Budweiser. That makes sense. But, I mean, it's still even a light beer. Like, high, the High Life isn't really... I mean, that much different than a Miller Light, I don't think. So when they say Coors, the banquet beer, is that Coors Light or Coors? Like that's Coors, like just Coors Heavy. Okay, that'd be right, the Coors right. Heavy. Yeah, that's what they were moving in uh, Smoking the Bandit, right? I don't remember. I think they were moving mm-hmm. Coors. I don't remember that whole. Was that whole movie really about just them making a beer run? It was. It was about them illegally moving beer across state lines. But yeah. Okay, I've seen that movie. I didn't. It's just it's yeah. been a minute. I didn't I, realize it was just a beer run. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the the an illegal beer run. Though. Yeah, because I don't think. Oh, I've take... got a that, I've got a story that we're gonna bring up later about a, the greatest beer run of all time. Okay. 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 Yeah, but anyways, we are live after that little convo. Um, it's been a little hiatus for us. A lot of stuff going on, but we are back. We've got obviously two beers to try. Uh, NFL trades. A lot of interesting moves. And free agency signings, I would say, still, so far. Some still yet to come, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're probably going to dive into that a little bit, too. Chris has got uh, some random food questions or just question for us tonight. Yeah, it was it was brought up to me by probably, a co-worker? Probably two weeks ago, yeah. Okay. And uh, and I, I don't know that I actually have – I don't know that there's a correct answer, but I want to get y'all's opinion on it. All right. Okay. Interested in that. And then, uh, obviously, baseball's back, MLB and college. Some well, college yeah. teams off to a hot start. Uh, baseball, MLB spring spring training is pretty much a full swing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Spring games have already started. Yeah. What yesterday? Yeah, three yeah. games in already. People hitting dingers. So we've got some things to talk about. Um, what I, do you guys want to jump into first? Um, do Do you want to lead off with your your question? Yeah, yeah, we can. So, um, I tell you what, though, here's what I want from you guys. I want you actually both to answer this at the same time. So, right. so I'm going to give you the question. I'll count down from three, and then I want you both to actually answer at the same time. So is, that, it like so a, a is, it, is it like a math question? No, 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 no. Um, 
It's a, a word association. So, so I've had to eat some more salads lately, just for dietary reasons. And um, and someone asked me, and, and I didn't really even think about this that hard, but sh- like the correct way to eat a salad is it on a plate or in a bowl? I've always, I prefer to eat it in a bowl. Yeah, way to answer at the same time, Adam. Well, I was, I was gonna say bowl. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the, I like the ones that are like. It's almost like a plate that just has the curved edges to it. Yeah, yeah. where it's spread out. I say because I feel like in the bowl, though, I feel like I can, you know, scoop I can the trap edges. things in the corners. Yeah. yeah, I can trap the food. Even I mean, there's not technically a corner in a bowl, but like, <laughs> but I can like use the edges to get like undo stuff and and it's like get around. You anybody know. that's eating salads knows that sometimes trying to stab your fork through some of those pieces of lettuce is just a real pain in the ass and be able to like get the into tomato. That, get, be, yeah, get be, be able to get into that edge and actually. You know, actually make it where it can't run away from you. Yeah. See, like for me, I, I didn't think about it because I feel like depending on depending on the meal, like I've I've eaten it on a plate before. Obviously, I've, done, like, so I've definitely had them both you know, ways. If you're at like if you're at like a home cooked meal or like a family get together, you're you're putting some salad on your plate. You got some mac and cheese. You got some turkey or something like that. Or, yeah, or like um, spaghetti and yeah, spaghetti and salad on a plate, yeah. like something like that. But then I, I've thought about it. And I'm like, every time I go to a restaurant, I feel like the restaurant always serves me a salad in a bowl. Because yeah, and it always comes, but it's all it's also always separate from your main course. True, also true of that. So I, just for me, I was like, you know, that is kind of a good question. But for me, I was like, hundred percent a bowl. But yeah, I mean, same, even, same but thing. even if I'm doing like spaghetti or like lasagna or something like that, I still rather have my salad separate because I don't want all the meat sauce into my salad i'd prefer or either my salad dressing onto my you know lasagna spread i'd prefer not to have thousand island or a vinaigrette mixed into my pasta you never know i mean that that lasagna might be dry as hell it might need a little little, little i hope not (laughs) between the cheese and the sauce i hope you got enough depending on who's cooking the lasagna i've had some dry ass lasagna before (laughs) but yeah it it just kind of like it was brought up to me and i was like i don't I mean, I don't think Do you you're have a wrong. preference. Yeah, for me, bowl definitely. Okay. I'm, I'm same thing as y'all. Like, so that's I, so I, it's I, more of a preference question, not really a right or wrong question. I mean, is it a right or wrong question? I should th- should all salads come in bowls? I mean, I would prefer if they did. I would say yes, but like I said, I think that's more of a preference, not really. It's yeah, like you said, it's not really a right or a wrong. I'm testing our audience on it tomorrow. Okay. On it tomorrow, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, be a poll question. question. Yeah, salad, yeah. plate or bowl. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm betting I'd say like 80, 85% say bowl. Like 87. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just yeah. I'm with Alex. Like, even though Alex's comment made no sense, I'm totally with him though. Like moving something to the edge of the bowl and like trying to scoop it onto the fork, like it's that, a lot easier yeah. than than trying to like push it to like a plate and trying to almost like you're like you're trying to, I guess not shovel it, but yeah. I mean, it just it I, works out better on in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Swamp Cabbage, by the way. I'm drinking one of our beers, so we got thought, the porter. Yeah, porter thought, back. Thought I'd uh, yeah, porter's back. Fresh brew. Uh, new big, new, new big tall boy. Yeah, what is this big crowler? Thirty uh, ounce, thirty-two 30, ounce. Yeah, thirty-two ounce. So. Uh, great deal on the crowlers, by the way. He only charges like thirteen dollars for the thirty-two ounce crowlers. Most places around here, you get at least sixteen to eighteen for them. 
Hey, man, he's made multiple batches now of a beer named after us. Yeah, so. this, this beer is not going... I don't think this beer is actually going away until the porter actually goes away. What is so. this? Is this our beer? This is our beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Have you had it yet? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. A couple times? So, mm-hmm. Needed to give needed to give a little special shout-out. Thought it was a good night to crack it and, and pass it around while we're going on, but... Dude, um, I actually get a lot of the bacon in this one. Yeah, it seems, it seems like... And that was a fresh batch. That yeah. was... That was um, in anticipation of, of putting it back on this weekend because we went. So he's, is this technically be the third run he's made. This yes. is at least the third run. Yeah, yeah. that we know of at yeah. least. Yeah. So, and I do think he's actually running out of porter. He's down to the salted caramel, uh, the bald cypress, and ours. So he's he's got the he's got the original porter, the salted caramel, and ours still on tap. Dude, so. friend, he's. I mean, I don't know. It's just wild to me that we've got a beer named after us. Yeah, and I'm I don't like what year year and a half in. Yeah, you and some change in. Hell, the the relationship with them has been a lot shorter than that. Yeah, and oh, they absolutely. Were full on to just like, hey, well, Chris like just brought it up nonchalantly one night, and then Doug was like, uh, yeah, yeah we nice. could do that, and we we're all like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I didn't expect the conversation to go this way, and we are not prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a good idea. I mean, he's got he's got the dark style beer. I mean, I, with our name being beer, bacon, and bros, you kind of have to have bacon involved. The only way to have bacon involved is to have a maple bacon involved. Yeah, and the only way to typically do a maple bacon is with a darker beer. So he had the chance. But, well, I mean, it's worked out perfectly do you, do in my think, opinion. Do you think you could get away with it in like an amber? He might could get away with it, like in a amber. maple bacon I, amber. I'm not. I think you could. I wouldn't go much lighter than that on a beer. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not pushing him for it. If he wants to try it, he can try it. He is actually. He is actually finishing off an amber now. So that'll be the next run of of styles of beers that he's going to host but he's also got to make some more blonde but um i mean yeah for even if it just lasts these two months or whatever i'm I'm fine with it i'm so cool with it yeah and 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 i'm sure he'll bring it back like he had so much success with the porter this winter that i'm sure this is going to become an every time thing yeah right i'd hope so i'd hope so um but but yeah what what about the weather this past weekend? Freak yeah, dude! Finally, some good weather. It felt like I saw That's, the sun. I was say it's, I felt like we were in that scene where Forrest Gump was talking about it started raining and it didn't stop for four months. Like it was just bad. And so, with that being said, also great beer drinking weather, great baseball weather. Yeah, now the sun's come out and we yeah. can actually go outside and enjoy ourselves. Well, yeah, but now it was back down to fifty today, but still. <laughs> yeah, but look, the rain's not gonna be nearly as heavy. I was literally out like I I had to walk out the building to take a conference call on my phone and like sat in my car and literally it was like I was just sitting there, the sky the sky was kinda overcast. And then all of a sudden I was actually concerned I was gonna get sucked up in a tornado. And I was like, Okay, this weather just needs to go away. I was like, I'm tired. Agreed, of this. agreed. Like in a but, matter a matter of ten minutes, I was concerned for my own safety. I was like, I should not have left the building. <laughs> like, what yeah. am I doing? But yeah, had great baseball weather over the weekend. Had fantastic weather. Got to actually enjoy some beers at that game. So that was. I was that, about to say that you, was a you, first for me. Yeah, I say you went to the Saturday game three. Game? Yeah, game three of the Dayton series. Yeah, when was that? Friday, Thursday Sunday. night. Sunday. 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 Game three. Opening opening weekends always oh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. It was I, the one thirty game. Yeah. 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 I didn't. I thought you went to the midweek game. I got sunburned for the first time in months because oh. my dumbass was just like, "Hey, it's the first time I've seen the sun in a few months," and just stood out there for four hours. Like Zach, Zach also went was down in Charleston over the weekend, and he has come back looking like a lobster. He was out on the boat, out on the beach, 
and just got cooked. <laughs> Didn't put any sunscreen on. Big boy is crispy. I tell you what. I feel like that happens to him all the time. Though. Absolutely. First, always first time of the year where it gets hot enough to like actually lay out and be outside without a shirt on. Burnt crispy. I mean, I I respect it. I got sunburnt just working on Wednesday. Just happened to be out like at a baseball and soccer field. And your arms got a little crispy. No, like my face. Like oh. I have, I have my hat on. So you got like the the little you know block between my snapback and and the the cove going on, and then my mask, and, of course, came up under onto my eye cheeks. So, so you got you got like this right yeah. above the, yeah, the so eyebrow. Yeah. I've, I've got that. I've got a hat. I was I was wearing a hat and I had my sunglasses on. So I had a, a little triangle to where the sunglasses and the hat didn't really quite touch, and then the bottom half of my face was just sunburnt and. The worst I've seen where somebody wearing a hat like that was a bald guy wearing like a trucker cap. And when he took it off, you could see every little individual hole of the mesh. Boy. And then like the half circle oh. where the actual back strap was. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Because with him being bald, it's not like he can just wear a hat going to work. Like it, people are going to see that sunburn, man. Like well, you're going to have to wear it with pride at that point. No, in time. at that point in time, don't wear a mesh back. <laughs> yeah. <hat. laughs> wear, wear an actual cap. Like you need to go, if yeah, if your head's going to get burnt like that, you need to wear like a boonie hat, so like the bill yeah. goes all the way around. <laughs> get the old school look, fishing hat. Or get the Nick Saban hat out there. Get the, the old straw top. That the um, straw top hat? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So the the old, well, that was different than Bear Bryant. Never mind. So yeah, Bear, Bear Bryant was like that, a fedora. Yeah. But what's, what is the name of that pattern? I can't remember. I feel like it's one of those things like, when you're born in Alabama, it's written on your birth certificate, that pattern, that Bear Bryant yeah. wore. I can't remember that. I don't know. If we called Zach, he'd probably be able to tell it. Well, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's an probably, Auburn fan. But yeah. he'd still be able to tell us, I he's think. Still, I mean, they, yeah, they went through the misery. They know what it is. But, yeah. So, Carolina baseball. Shot. Well, how, how do you all feel about it right now? I'm surprised. I mean. Better start than, we th- than you thought? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew they had a talented team. But, I mean, you, you had a lot of questions outside, like – Alex and I talked about it this past week. I mean, you you have a lot of questions as far as the lineup goes outside of Andrew Reister, Brady Allen, Wes Clark. As far like, as hitting? As far as hitting. Like, who's who's going to step up to the plate? Who's going to be in that lineup? I mean, I don't know. Eisner hit the two, two walk-offs, so he might be getting there. Andrew? No, no, no. Yeah. Andrew Eister, Brady Allen, and Wes Clark are all very clear-cut the star players in the lineup, the the veterans of the lineup. Who's the little but, short kid playing catcher? Uh, Brady Allen. Colin, no, no, no. Colin, uh, Colin Burgess. Burgess, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Is he the five eight kid? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's like he's like the kid. third string catcher. Like he, no, he's a start catcher. West West Clark's a starting DH, but see, if, I heard there was an injuries, and that's what made Burgess move up. Well, n- no, I mean Wes Wes has Wes's issue is Wes is one of the best hitters in the country, but isn't very good defensively, no matter where the hell you put him. Right. So he played first base last year just because they had to get his, his bat in the lineup. But they feel, I think they feel confident enough to just let him play DH, and he caught tonight actually, because um, they're they're still working through him progressing as a catcher. But um, I mean, as far as I know, there w- I don't remember anyone being a catcher last year that would have left the team or moved on. So I think Colin moved into this position, but Colin's also a defensive catcher. I mean, he's he's not. I mean, yeah, with yeah, he's not somebody. His that's bats aren't alive, numbers. and like the size like him, he's got, he's got to be a defensive minded catcher. He had a home run in the Dayton series, but yeah. I mean, 
I mean, I'm but sorry. I feel like that's going to be few and far between. Yeah, yeah. I don't, he I might don't, be. Don't. He might be your. He's not going to be your typical proto catcher where you can, you know, expect the pop and the power. He might be a, you know, a base hit type of catcher now, or yeah. should be. I'm yeah. trying to think about. There is another. West catcher. Clark did catch tonight, though. He yeah. did get. He did get the nod to he's, start behind the plate. He's going to catch every midweek game. Yeah. While Colin catches the weekends, get, it's like a day off for Colin. It's like the rest days for him. Yeah, yeah, because they don't want to burn Colin. But out. yeah, they are. They're off to a hot start. Um, Texas series will be a, seven and zero now. Yeah, Texas series will be a true test. Uh, once they get into SEC plays, gonna be a true test because the SEC's got yes. hella good baseball teams all of a sudden. Well, I this mean, year the SEC's been good. Like, I know, but like I wasn't expecting four of the top four. Yeah, yeah to yeah. be all SEC. Yeah, I mean that's that's where the SEC has literally just taken over. Yeah, because yeah, Florida, Vandy, um, drawing a blank now on the other two. South Carolina, Ole Miss. Um, yeah, but all, we're not top, South Carolina's not top four. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm just listing top twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arkansas's up there. Texas A&M is up there. There's going to be... Dude, I got to give a nod to them, though. Clemson's in a position. They're going to start getting really good at baseball if they can keep it up. Well, Monty Lee is a really, really good coach. He's a South Carolina native. He was under you know, Ray Tanner here at South Carolina, so he knows what it takes. Had you, a really, really great program at, at College Charleston. And then, you currently have Arkansas, Vandy, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss at one, two, three, and four. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. thought Florida was up there. Florida's Florida. at six. Florida's okay. At six. So they're not far off. And then LSU's at 11. Yep. Carolina's at 14. Yep. Tennessee at 18. Damn, if they, if they keep this up, this SEC tournament will be fun. No, it's not. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, 10 of the 14 go, and I'm pretty sure you know Georgia's not going to go. You know Missouri's not going to go. And you got to pretty much figure out the other two, but everybody else. Is I mean, Alabama, Alabama probably won't go. Yeah, Alabama struggled in baseball. What about a- I mean, I'm not seeing a- 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 not in the top twenty-five. Uh uh-uh. uh Okay, they must have they must have struggled out the first weekend. But um, a and right there. a and a top thirty program. So what other conferences out there are doing really good right now? You got uh, Big Twelve should. Is have... it like is it like a certain? Is it like is there a second conference or is it just more ACC's spread out? Doing well. You well got so the ACC is going to hang in there. You got yeah. Louisville. You got Miami, Georgia Tech. You're gonna Virginia. find like in college baseball, you're gonna have you know the West Coast teams, like truly West Coast teams, and then like the Southeast teams, just purely because where okay. the season falls is the perfect time to play down here. Like you're not gonna have the North Northeastern teams or Northwest teams because it's just not the perfect weather for them. Well, because so kids aren't gonna want to go play there. They're all they're all yeah. Your first half of the season is almost all road games, just yeah. so you can get in play because you can't yeah. Like you're saying, you can't have play at home field. But to to your point, you have one, two, three, four, five, six. You have seven ACC teams in the top 25. Yeah, yeah. So yeah they're, they're doing pretty good this year. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's it's very, it really is pretty much like SEC, ACC, California. Big, well, yeah, and then I guess the Big 12 uh, – yeah, I mean, you'll have, te- what do you have, you'll like, have Texas. Yeah, Texas and those yeah. little mid- have, the well, southern have, Midwest teams. You have TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, and Oregon State. Oh, not, not yeah, Oregon, Oregon State in and Pac 12. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, that's what it was. I was like, I just saw an Oklahoma team in here. Okay. Okay. I didn't know Oklahoma State was in the top 25, yeah. but yeah, number 15 and they're 6 0. Yeah. Nice. 
Very nice. But yeah, Carolina's off to a hot start. A lot of teams are off to hot starts this year. But yeah, I don't see how at the same time you're looking at a UCLA, UCLA team who's four and three as number eight. It depends on who they played. And like, a Miami team who's three and three. Like Texas at number nine. And Texas Tech. Well, my, three and three. Miami and Florida played opening weekend. So no matter what, if, even if Miami got swept, they're only going to drop a little bit because they played Florida. Texas is three and four, and they lost all three games to SEC teams in the opening weekend and then went three and one versus uh, BYU. So, but yeah, and then uh, you have UC Santa Barbara at six and one on the year so far. Told you, California, baby. California teams are always there. They're always going to be there just because it's, it's California. Who doesn't want to go play baseball in California? You. Especially during the springtime. As Florida Atlantic, it's six and one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lane Kiffin. Florida, baby. <laughs> Lane, I, wonder if Lane, <laughs> I wonder if Lane's gone back to FAU to coach baseball. <laughs> oh, y'all don't got a baseball coach? I'll come yeah. back for a little bit. But you'll, 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 the South Carolina fans are going to get a really good idea of what this baseball team actually has. The, not this weekend when we play whoever it is, uh, Mercer. Yeah. But the Small follow, town school from Georgia. Following weekend when you go to Texas, right? Then you're going to have another out-of-conference weekend, and then you start SEC play. We open SEC play at Vandy, and then the following weekend at home against Florida. So It's going to be about a month and a half there. It's going to really show what this team's got. Yeah, yeah. And they got t- they got lots of talent. They are finally talented again, but they've got to – I said, what f- do you think about the uh, bullpen rotation? Hell, the bullpen has been the best part right now. I'm going to say, you happy with it? I mean, Brendan – because I felt like, was it two years ago? That was what we were, oh, like, we were struggling with. South, so South Carolina bad. threw a lot of bullpen against Clemson, and they hung in there. Well, we were to keep it keep it tight at least. They have they have. But a, I feel like in out in the past couple of years, we've been struggling. I feel like at the bullpen position, uh, like we've had like I think we've had a good closer, but we just haven't had any the guys in the middle help. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like you've had a good starter who could get you five innings, but then the guys to get you six through eight or even five through eight. I just felt like we've all we've struggled here the past few years, and that's what I think has been holding us back from being able to, you know, get to Omaha. But I feel like this year, like they're showing up, they're showing out right now. Yeah, I think I think we're working through who's going to be in what role in the bullpen, and I think Mark kind of talked about that in his um, in his post game conference after after the Clemson weekend was uh, like Andrew Peters is a guy that's. He came off of Tommy John into 2020, got through like three innings in 2020 because of the shortened season, but, you know, has been kind of like waiting for his chance to prove it. And, I mean, the guy's through four and a third. He's given a one hit, no runs, no walks, seven Ks. And, I mean, this was not a guy that I think they really planned on getting a whole lot of playing time this year, but I, I think he's worked himself into a good spot in the bullpen. And, same thing. I mean, Brett Carey's obviously done that. Will Sanders, who I mean, heck, dude started his freaking—he's a freshman—started his career off two and zero versus Clemson. I mean, this guy picks up a couple more wins over the next three years. He might host a school record against Clemson, but um, you know, good good spot in the bullpen. Brett Carey, obviously the closer, and there's 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 a lot there's a lot of arms. They know who their starting rotation is going to be. It's going to be the same three guys every weekend, unless Jordan Bosnick really doesn't get his head out of his ass, the Saturday guy, but. They they know who their weekend rotation is going to be. Now they're just figuring out the bullpen, and they know who the closer is going to be. Now they're just figuring out the bullpen. Yep. So I don't know. I'm pleased with it. I'm I'm glad to see where we're heading, and uh, hopefully they can continue this 
this little one, you know. And like you're saying, when we do start SEC play, I, I would like to see us be competitive because I feel like the East has had a lot of strong teams and we have just not been able to hang with them due to pitching. One thing that I'm excited about is it's just one of those weird things like, you know, in NFL combines, you hear like, what is it? The, um, God, now my mind's going to go blank on me. And I was about to make a really good point. The 40 yard dash? The intangibles. Oh, the intangibles. players has the intangibles. What I think one of the big things about it's, it, I say it's an intangible, you can clearly see it, is when a baseball team actually has like camaraderie throughout the clubhouse and they're, they're having fun. They're yeah. enjoying themselves. They're not going, taking it too serious. Yeah. And they're just, they're, they're being baseball players. Like the, the Carolina the other day during interviews, they made like what the game where they snuck in random words at the interview and they had to make it work. Like they're taking, like, yeah. they're, they're trying to take it from like, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon that does it, his late night show. He'll pay professional athletes to say random sentences that make no sense in their interviews and they have to try to sneak in. It's like a challenge. Yeah. I know and what you're talking the, about. Yeah. The kids were doing that on the team. And it's like seeing stuff like that kind of gets you excited because like, they're, they're having, out there they, having fun. Yeah, they're out, they're out there being being yeah. kids. So I'm kind of still, you know, performing at a high level. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of curious to see if like, if it's going to continue, and then like next next month and a half when they're playing these hard teams, if they are they going to actually win the games and keep that, you know, liveliness about it in the clubhouse? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also with baseball season means beer drinking. Beer drinking. Uh, MLB is so, also back too. But what you what you got beer wise? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let's I'll get into our first beer. I about to say yeah. That's, we got a tall boy and a short boy. Which one you want first? Give us the shorty. Okay. I don't even know where it's from or what it is. Wait, it, it was the ma it? the magical beer fairy left it on my front porch, and that I say, is what? Andrew that lives across the street. <laughs> I say. I so. I was he, uh, about to, was about to a, say. How did you? He took a trip up it? to like Asheville for something, and um. Andrew always looking out for the podcast when he gets a chance to get some crazy beers for us. He'll uh, grab them. Are they the same thing? Yeah, it, it's two of the same thing. No, wait, no, they're different. Wait, no, no, never mind. The, the color on the top is different to decide which can you Depending on what oh, side no. of the can you're looking at. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah. Um, two of the same, and then a tall boy from Sycamore is still in there. But this one is from the Burial Beer Company. It's the Surf Wax Indian Pale Ale. Where's, where's oh, excuse me, 65 IBU. They say serve it at 50 degrees, so we're a little below that. 6.8% alcohol by volume. Brewed and canned by Burial Beer Company in Asheville. That's, that's They've about got like a solid oh, yeah. little paragraph on here. You want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. Fear causes hesitation. If you want the ultimate... You've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. Ain't it wild? Why be a servant to the law when you can be its master? I know you want it so bad it's like acid in your mouth, but you are crazy. But are you crazy enough? Show these guys that you are inching their way. Show these guys that show these guys that are inching their way on the freeway in their metal coffins that the human spirit is still alive. We only live to get radical. Mosaic, Simcoa, and Citra, lots of barley. Touch of wheat, the sea swallows the sun, and who knows if it rises again. Vallecandias. So someone was possibly on drugs when they wrote that. Um, that's kind of almost intense. I feel like this can was like talking shit that I'm not man enough to drink it. I, <laughs> like, hey, you're not ready for me. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not. He called you a punk without calling you a punk. Yeah, this, <laughs> this beer said I was a bitch ass. And I'm like, you know what? I am a bitch ass. You're right. <laughs> but I'm going to open and drink you anyway. So. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, double IPA episode. So I, I do believe this is gonna be something you like. Off of off of my first my first sip there, I, I do believe this is. Oh, something McC you... McCade comes in with the chat. Viacondias bitches. McCade, give us a quick translation. Yeah, so someone explain to me that. I took Russian in college. Go with God. Okay. Okay. Go with God. Yep. There we go. I'm um. I don't know. This this seems like very smooth for an IPA. You know what I mean? It's definitely not it's, as bitter as you would think. It's like refined almost. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, I do believe is it that, is right up my alley though. Adam, yeah. You're definitely right. Yeah. It's it's an easy drinkable IPA almost. Yeah, it doesn't hit you hard with the hops that you Which I, I know I know most IPA fans are gonna be like, Oh, all IPAs are drinkable. Um but I mean For people that don't like IPAs, IPAs are not drinkable. Yeah, yeah, because they they damn hit you in the mouth. Like yeah. they, they let you they know sit, it's they sit heavy sometimes. <laughs> yeah. This is it, a good one, man. Um, what was the alcohol? Six, six point eight, six point eight. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what it'd be like at fifty degrees, like we were supposed to have it. Any idea what the IBUs are on it? Yeah, sixty-five, which is somewhat high. That's a medium. Yeah. 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 Well, well, not yeah. high for for IPAs, but higher than normal beer. Yeah. Yeah. Normal certainly. light lagers and stuff like that. Certainly. I mean, most people. Some some snobs are like, it's got a crazy. Be, it's got crazy illustration on here, man. Yes. On this can, we've got to take a picture. We're gonna definitely get a picture of this. I think Chris has already got one. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you got an eel going through a skull with the sun, like he's saying, set into the ocean, and with surfboards. And the ocean's yeah. purple. Then on the other side, you've got the moon on the backside of these blue ice mountains with these white doves with fangs flying at you. I don't know. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's a crow. I think they're supposed to be crows. Okay, because like death, and then it's like coming through a rib cage of some large animal. Yeah, burial brewing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah burial brewing. Surf so, wax, I mean, I so. definitely, yeah, those are definitely bones, and that's like a shout out to a Mister David Paul Seymour for his illustration on this can. Yeah, yeah, I'm. He does some artwork, like he probably does some really good tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got that vibe from the can too. Yeah, I I actually love the fact that they put basically like two different logos on it. Like yeah, it's, it's completely different. Than, Depending on what side of the can you're looking at, it's completely different. Yeah, it almost. So I think, but I think that goes with the with that little paragraph where it says, um, "Who's your daddy?" No, where is it at? We <laughs> talked about the sun setting into the ocean, and it may oh, yeah. or may not rise. Yeah, the sea swallows the sun, and who knows if it rises again? Yeah, so I mean, that's Kondias. like I think on one side, that's what you have. Yeah, the and sun then, setting and on the other side. And the, the other side is, yeah, yeah. it may or may have, not be a, coming it's back day, up. It's a day and night sitting. Yeah. I'm going to go like a 7-8 on this bad boy. Yeah, I, so I'm not going to punish it for not being something I would drink regularly, mm. but it is still a very good beer. But I'm going 6-9. 6.9? Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> oh, um... Message, y'all see the uh, message I sent earlier though about oh JJ Watt is going to be able to wear ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Because he um he called uh forget the dude's name Gold Gold was it it's Goldberg? Gold something? Yeah, it's not Goldberg, but Gold. But he basically he called the dude's daughter and asked she's permission. obviously since the 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 guy's passed away, the daughter's now got control over that. It. She's got the yeah. rights to it, and she basically gave JJ permission. What is this dude's name? Hold on. I'm going to go with seven. Marshall Goldberg. You're right. Marshall Goldberg. Yep. Who had been retired. He, they retired his number 99 at the Arizona 
Cardinals. Um, and he's now got permission from the Goldberg family to wear number 99. Which, to be fair, it's not like you're just giving 99 to some random person. It is J.J. Watt, who's won, he's won the, the main, uh, main of the year. He's yeah. a stellar football player. It's not like you're just getting won, to some Joe Schmo. You know? He's won def- NFL Defensive Player of the Year three times. Yeah. So he's going to live up to that number. Yeah. Well, I mean, not just that. Like his number's not going to get retired in Arizona. This guy's no, got it won't. Like, he's, yeah. He's, he's got like three years left. I mean, he's not going to be setting some crazy records at Arizona yeah, yeah. for a team. He's, he's basically just like on, he's on his final stop before he retires. Oh, yeah. He's going to always be remembered as a Houston Texan. Side note, just before I look it up, did anybody else get a call from Devin today about an auction that he found of a former NFL player? Yeah. No. Okay, I'll bring it up, but Uh, let's talk about JJ. Well, I was going to say that I'm going to give the beer a 7-4. 7-4, yeah. That's right. We got to finish the beer review. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap it out. I mean, just just uh, in my opinion. It's crisp. It's a good crisp IPA. Distinctly crisp. Not a hot, not a heavy amount of hops in your mouth. Um, good alcohol content. I think it, it flows easy, and uh, you know, definitely would recommend it for IPA IPA drinkers, but also those that are you know are sometime IPA drinkers because this one's this one's I think a classic easier drinking IPA. So the little auction that I was talking about, it's uh, Jack Lambert, who is one of the greatest linebackers in the NFL from like the mid seventies, a little bit a little bit into the early eighties. Play on the Steelers during that reign of terror. Okay, part of that still. Yeah, still he's got. <laughs> he has apparently put up a lot of his personal effects up for auction. We're talking about like college trophies, NFL trophies, like his first Pro Bowl helmet in jersey for, that was game worn reason? is up for sale. For what? By him? No one. Yeah, it's, obviously, it's this stuff that he, like this stuff is that the amount of items listed had to come from his personal collection. Just because of the and no, I don't know, I don't know why he's put it up. He's obviously got to be hurting for money, but like some of the stuff, the opening bids are like five thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. Like he's got his Kent, his uh, Kent State Letterman uh, jacket signed, and it's up for sale right now. A thousand dollars, probably, right? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Some, I'm about to look it up. Somebody the list out. probably somebody put, but I feel like like a Pro Bowl helmet in Jersey, 1976 Pro Bowl game worn helmet signed, and it's his first Pro Bowl ever. And the opening bin is it was five thousand is now seven thousand three hundred dollars. I'm about to say I could easily see somebody playing his jersey 10, was open ten to twelve thousand dollars for yeah. something like that. His jersey opened at three, it's at three six right now. Wait, I thought Devin said a Mackey award. He did say a Mackey award, but I, didn't, I don't see one on the list. Well, the guy that played linebacker, he didn't win the tight end award. He does have a Mackey award, Jack Lambert Mackey award for the AFC linebacker of the year. Okay, all right. Never yeah. mind. I thought we were talking college Mackey Award. No, NFL Mackey. Yeah, sorry. And then um, a presentational presentational interception ball that was game used, uh, $1,000. It's up to $1,600 now. So just a bunch of random stuff. That his, like his Tangerine Bowl watch, his Pro Bowl watch, his Pro Bowl Award. Like I don't know. The Pro Bowl watch would be pretty cool, I think. A couple hundred honest, dollars or a, Honestly, a the bid is $500 and no one's bid on it yet. And I'm kind of like, ah. <laughs> wait, what, I could foresee it. What, what do you what does it look like? It's the 1982 Jack Lambert's Pro Bowl watch. Do you have it, a picture of it? Yeah, it's it's gold with a nice little leather band. I, see, that's that's, that's a pretty, pretty sweet. I say that's a pretty clean watch. I, I would have no problem buying that and putting it on a stand somewhere and just letting it sit. Yeah, putting it in a, like a watch box. The craziest part that's on here, his teeth holder. Because if you look at what Jack Lambert looked like in the mouth, 
he did not have the best dental hygiene. Let's just put it that way. Mm. But yeah, man's got a lot of he's got a lot of his own personal effects up for sale. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I did not know the AFC or yeah, AFC linebacker of the year award. Was a Mackey Award as well. Because I was always thinking John Mackey, the tight end, because I mean that's the award that's given out to the best tight end in college football. But hey. I wonder if he's like it just hasn't been announced yet, like, but he's like got like a terminal illness and he's about to just go and he's trying to create as much inheritance for family as possible. I or say, I mean, it's got or be- he's just that low on cash that he's just or he just doesn't honestly give a shit and he's I just signing this, all this stuff off. But I say at this point, I mean, if you're not hoting for money, if if your kids don't care or if even your grandkids don't care about having it, why not sell it off and now you can at least leave the money? Yeah. To the kids. I get you. Yeah, or you, who, leave it to whoever. Maybe he outbidded me on the beach house the other day. <laughs> Jack Lambert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's coming He's coming to Myrtle Beach to retire. Yeah. A lot of a lot of them Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey people do. But back to what we were talking about, JJ's been – he has signed with the Arizona Cardinals. He has been reunited with, with his former quarterback. Was no, it wide receiver. Wide receiver, wide receiver, receiver. sorry, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. He's got Deshaun still. Deshaun's still over there in Houston trying to figure out. Deshaun's I guarantee you. I, I guarantee you. After he saw JJ sign with Arizona, he was like, "I know where the hell I want to go." He's like, "How he's do got, I?" He got D Hop. He's got JJ. He goes, "How do I get to Arizona?" If how, they, if if Arizona somehow does sign Deshaun Watson, have, they would have to no get. Way. They would they have, have to get rid of Kyler Murray. Murray. Yeah, they would have to get rid of Kyler Murray. Would you? You'd no. have to. Mm. Would, would you do would that? I individually? Would you do that trade? You would have to. No, I'm not saying would you have to. I'm saying as you as a GM, put yourself in that situation. Would you make the trade for Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson? Kyler's 22. You, Deshaun I mean, is 26. I mean, I would. I mean, Kyler was. Kyler plus you would have. I mean, there's. there's Kyler more. Murray didn't do bad. Kyler Murray had a really good year. Yeah. Like he had a. It's. More so from a fantasy standpoint than from a production like MVP standpoint, but Kyler Murray probably like if you actually just take straight numbers, no names involved, Kyler Murray probably had a top six, top seven quarterback season this year in the NFL. Where would you put Deshaun at? Well, Deshaun's probably three behind Jared Allen. Oh yeah, so off the numbers, it'd be a trade worth pursuing. Yeah, I mean the age, the age difference, Deshaun. Deshaun's got five really good years left in him. And Arizona's in more of a win now scenario. I don't I don't think it will happen because Cliff King- Kingsbury has been obsessed with Kyler Murray for a while. Yeah, he's he's invested in his quarterback. Well, not just that. I mean, even in college at Texas Tech, he was mad at Kyler for not transferring when he transferred from AM. He was mad at Kyler for not transferring to Texas Tech and choosing to go to Oklahoma. Like if Cliff Kingsbury wanted him out of high school. Wanted him to come to Texas Tech when he was leaving AM and he didn't get him in either one of those stance. So I mean the moment that he became the head coach of Arizona, everybody knew Cliff Kingsbury was taking him number one overall with the Arizona Cardinals pick. So So but, that was but that for Kingsbury me, was like, I'm getting this on the bitch one way or another. <laughs> he's like, I'm he's like, you guy. don't have a choice <laughs> yeah. this time. <laughs> it may take me five years, but I'm gonna get him. Yeah. Yeah. So but, I, I mean for me, yeah, I, I I would do it. Yeah, but I do I do believe there's it's not a straight up trade like you would have to, No, they would have to throw somebody one of the teams would have to give up more what, than the other like with drafts well, it, or yeah, other so players. Yeah, Arizona would probably give up Kyler, somebody random and like a pick or, or so either that brings, two picks. No, that, that raises a question here. Who has the more value to them, Deshaun or Kyler Murray? Which team's going to have to give up more on that trade? See, our, 
well, whoever, actually, whatever team I think is trading to get Deshaun will give up more than Houston's willing. I I wouldn't. If I was the Arizona Cardinals, I'm giving you a 22-year-old quarterback that just had a really, really stellar season that was literally the number one overall quarterback taken. You're giving me a 26-year-old quarterback with a giant-ass contract who's getting $40 million a year for the next Oh, I didn't years. even think about that. Murray's still in his rookie contract. Yeah. Yeah, I that's mean, a lot of cap space. You're, you're, you're. I'm not handing you first overall pick. Like Houston wants four first round picks for Deshaun Watson, based on what they're likely going to get in return. They're, I don't think they're expecting to get a number one, like a 22 year old quarterback that was drafted number one overall. So, so is that worth two picks? So if I'm saying I'm Arizona not, would give you a first rounder and a third rounder plus Kyler Murray for Deshaun Watson. Oh, Houston would accept that immediately. But if I'm Arizona, I'm not giving you that. I'm not. I'm not. You, I'm, is that overselling him? Yeah, absolutely. Or are yeah. you overpaying for I'm, him? I'm overpaying for Deshaun Watson. I would. I would give you. I would give you Kyler Murray and for Deshaun Watson straight up. And if Houston's like. No, I no, I, I want one. You know, I want a pick. I'll give you a third round pick. I'm gonna hand you another first round pick. I, I handed you my first overall pick for your older quarterback with a giant ass contract that your dumb asses gave him. That's what <laughs> I mean. What is the? But the, I do, I do believe whoever trades for Deshaun will be giving a good. To Chris's point here, will probably be be overpaying for Deshaun Watson because of what. Houston's asking for him. Well, the, I think Houston also has the spite thing towards Deshaun. Yeah. They're not going to let him go, so they're going to make the other team overpay. They're like, okay, if you if you're going to be the little crybaby and want to leave us, we're gonna we're gonna make it worth our while. Yeah, and they're going to want to get they're going to want to get overfed. If you're Deshaun Watson, I mean, let, he, let he me has, be clear. He has no other option but to be traded this year, right? Well, no, he can he can go play or he can be fined for sitting out. No, that's what I'm saying. He it, it's not like he he doesn't have the option not to resign. He's still under contract. No, so it's, see, it's, it's either play or be traded. That's what I was going to get to that nobody's diving into that I'm kind of a little bit upset with just because I I like to see things from the business side with you know my background. If you were Deshaun Watson and you you've been harvesting these feelings for a while, I mean you were you were very upset with the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Which is, I mean, you were very adamant and very open about that, which is fine. You should be. I mean, yeah, because you got rid of your best receiver for not just that. You got rid of the top uh, top three receiver in the NFL. Period. Yeah, but yeah, right? their top receiver for what? Who? Um, a running back and a pick. I would say. Whoa. Uh, was it Adrian? Oh no! Who did they? It was David Johnson. David Johnson. They got it back. That's right. But and what did he do? He had a decent year. He got I hurt. Mean, that's again. That's my point. Yeah. He hadn't had a full year in what three years? Yeah, at least, at least three years. He hadn't had a he hadn't had a clean sixteen games. But, but again, what the point I'm getting to is, you you were coming. You had an extension. He had to play this year, and he had to play next year, right? Then you could have gone anywhere you wanted to. But instead, you you're openly voicing your displeasure with the way things are being handled. You don't like your head coach. You to be fair, though, what quarterback would not be like displeased with what's going on? No, 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 that's fine. Be displeased. But Deshaun Watson tied his own hands when he was in the mental state of, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like my head coach. They just traded my. He talked too much, a little bit. Yeah. No, just... no. He signed a four year freaking deal with the team. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's... 
Yeah. <laughs> if you're so upset, if you don't like your head coach and they've already traded your number one wide receiver, why the hell would you sign a four year extension with the team just because this, they, would, this would be going into year three, right? Of that contract. This this will be going to next year will be going into year one of that new contract. Oh, okay. So yeah, he should not have signed this contract. Then. Yeah. Not four years. Yeah. Not yet. Not a four year extension. Not at yeah. all. Because this this turmoil has been brewing more than a year. Absolutely. It has yeah. to be. It's just it now reached the boiling point and it's just just on the other side of him signing that contract. Well, so he's kind of gotten screwed a little bit. But yeah. But I think it's, it's it was an, it was enough of it was there. He shouldn't have signed for four years. Yeah. Agreed. He yeah. He should it, yeah, he should have seen this come like this should have been on the horizon for him saying unless like he's got to look in the next season and be like unless they provide me with this this and this like i know personally and how our team operate that we're not going to succeed there's no reason like y'all saying to sign an extension with this team that i am currently displeased with because because now he has no i mean he has no bargaining chips because you can't walk you have you can't walk right because it'd, it'd be a four-year buyout right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if there's, something there's, happened tomorrow, it'd be four years of that contract. Not only that, I mean, the organization is not going to let you just walk. They're going to get something for you. Yeah. You, you right? ha- they'd have to. You have and, to. And only, not only that, like, even if you came to the terms of, hey, I, I'm, li- I'm literally willing to just void this entire contract. You don't owe me a dime. Just let me get out of Houston. Right. They're still not going to do that because they're not going to let Deshaun Watson go sign with the AFC team. And destroy them every single year, you know. Do you, I mean, do you, um, I mean, and we've seen that before. We say what we've was seen it? teams where they they were either AFC or NFC, and they made sure to trade to the other conference because they're like, we're not going to play this dude. Yeah, well, that's, that's we're not going to play him. Happen, you know, it, at, at least two times didn't a that year. Not happen with um, Tom and the Patriots. Like the Patriots said, we're not going to let you go to another AFC team. Well, I mean, the I the Patriots didn't really have much choice over where Tom went. This yeah, because he was he was a free agent at that point in time. But they actually did that with Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of. Was it okay? Yeah, I yeah. say I thought it was a they, player like recently. Well, the Jets them. were the Jets in Miami were interested in getting Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots, and they said no, they're not trading within the division. Well, I thought they just said in general, like the AFC, like we're not going to send you to any team in the AFC. Well, they didn't end up doing that either. They sent him to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, which now doesn't look that great because he's been pretty terrible honestly but yeah i mean i mean deshaun you're sitting at home you you handcuffed the organization that you want to get traded out of because now somebody has to have the cap space to give you 40 million dollars a year because you just just signed this big ass contract that just well that may be a bonus (laughs) that's what i I hate about these super contracts but is that you see in the mlb is that a good for him though like it's wait, a good for him, but you wait, hurt wait, the team because they can't they can't provide you with the talent to win the games. They can't surround you with talent I, because you took up all the money. Well, not just that. Really? But, now but they can't now, trade you. Now, I mean, they, they, can, they can trade you, but they can only trade you certain places. I about and, to say, yeah, in, but, in hindsight, he literally, like you said, he tied his own hands. Yeah, but, that's, why, that's why but I that, don't but feel... But that also means like now he's... For him to get traded, he knows he's still going to get $40 million a year. Now he might be going to... I don't know, say the Jets or what, you know, just throwing a team out there who has space that they can create. Yeah. Yeah. To get somebody at that count, you know, I, that, I would that be cap. like my secret dark horse for this is actually the Jacksonville Jaguars because they have a hundred million dollars. They have more than a hundred million dollars in cap spaces here. So plus, they can go out and get a few players. Plus they have that pick. They have that number two pick. So um or they have the number one pick, sorry. 
they have the number one overall pick. But see, would you? But I mean, what what's the point of going and getting Deshaun if when you, you can get Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with that as well. I agree with that as well. Not but even I, that, just Justin Fields. Well, <laughs> Justin Fields keeps sliding. Actually, that that's another. That's say, a, that's, that's a, that's a got, talk we can have on. on they got what Zach Wilson above Justin Fields. Currently? They have Zach Wilson, and they are getting ready to put Trey Lance above him. I mean, they're they're gonna move they gonna move Justin Fields down to the number four quarterback before this is done. What? Okay, yeah, that's that's an <laughs> in depth conversation. I just don't see where that just yeah that, that would, seems to me that to me that has come out of left field. That's gonna take up another hour of of our our podcast, but. I mean, I just, you know, everybody feels bad for Deshaun Watson. Oh, they traded DeAndre Hopkins away. Oh, Bill O'Brien was a wreck. Oh, the team's in such a disamble. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> they let JJ walk away. <laughs> they let JJ they let JJ walk away. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I feel bad. Like, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. I hope he gets tra- – like, I hope this doesn't draw all the way into the season. They start fining him for not playing games and not showing up to practice. Like, I hope this just gets done. Like, I hope yeah. it just ends up being done. So, this isn't like a Le'Veon it's, Bell It's not situation. like a Le'Veon Bell Pittsburgh yes. where he's just, he just ends up sitting out the whole game saying, I'll be back next week. Yes. I'll be back next week. And he just sits out the whole season. Yeah. Like, like I, I don't Something want, just needs to happen. I don't the want ice that. needs to break and just the move just needs to occur. Yeah. I, I don't want that for Houston and I don't want that for Deshaun Watson. But at the same time, I'm also not in the crowd that's going, oh, poor Deshaun Watson. Like, you kind of did this to yourself, pal. Like, yeah, I didn't realize he signed that, that four-year contract like the last this, off season. Yeah, like right this past off season. I didn't realize that. Not just that; it was literally before the like a week or two before the Thursday night game where we watched Houston and Kansas City play this past year. Like we did the live show of. So I mean, sorry, but yeah, <laughs> like, he, he he knew ish. He, he had knew, to, but he had it was to have known. But to be fair, at that time, D Hop hadn't been traded, right? Diop had been traded. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, then he should have known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Diop had already been traded. Deshaun should have known this. Bill, Bill O'Brien was still the GM and head coach, and he was on the he was on the rocks. I was going to ask, like, with everything going on with this front office, is anybody else going to get cut out if Deshaun ends up leaving? Because obviously the Houston Texans have fallen apart. No, I think Houston's done with the front office staff. Because Bill O'Brien took out two positions at once. Yeah, and they filled both of those positions, not with great candidates and by either mean, but that's just from I'm just glad they finally went with a person for the be the coach and a person to be be the the GM. GM. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really work unless you just happen to hit the gold mine to have somebody fill both those shoes. Like, the the only person I would, like, Bill Belichick, obviously. I mean, Bill Belichick's basically... The, if Bill Belichick, yeah, like I'm saying, if Bill Belichick was actually hired as a head coach and GM, I truly believe those teams would be unstoppable. Oh yeah, well, I mean, he basically is in Pittsburgh in, in Patriots land. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, he whatever he says goes. I mean, if you, you like, can say Pittsburgh, I wish that was a thing. But. Yeah, well, I mean, the only other person that I could think about that would probably work really well is actually probably Pete Carroll. Like, I think Pete Carroll could be a G, like. I think he's more of an executive. Both. He's in more of an executive type head coach. I yeah. that's CEO style. Yeah. Well, not just that. I, I think that. If he had full autonomy of his roster and what he wanted to do, I think it would I think it'd end pretty well. Yeah. While we're on the Pete Carroll train, because Russell Wilson is now on the market. Did not know that. Um partially because Russell Wilson I don't think this is actually more of Russell Wilson's choice. I, I think this is actually more of Seattle, not even Pete Carroll's choice, but Seattle's choice. Like the Where, town or the GM, the G, the, the GM, the organization. I think okay. I think they're looking at Russell Wilson and they're saying Russell Wilson's got two good years left in him. I would, yeah, I wouldn't say he's at the end. I, I would say he he's at his peak, 
it's not going to get much better. Yeah. But the potential for it to get worse is definitely a lot it, higher. It's, it's starting to and turn they don't, the corner. They don't want to sit there and try to wait out the next two years and he take a nosedive all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. It's starting It's starting to – we won 19-8, uh, to 8, by the way. Um, it's, start, it's, it's starting to take a little bit of a nosedive. I think, I think they're, I think they're looking at it and they're saying, okay, Russell Wilson is going to start getting worse over the next two years to the point where we just don't know what we can get for him. And now they're taking the stance and they're saying, okay, we're not going to be able to fix our defense enough to make us a contender. Let's trade Russell Wilson right now. And let's get the most that we could get for him. So I he, think Russell Wilson is a also, great quarterback to where if you had the team, He's, you, if you made a bunch of one, like trades that you signed those guys for one year to do a win now kind of situation, Russell Wilson would be at the top of my list for a quarterback of a win now situation. I say he's expressed. If you give him a, an offensive what was line, his three teams that he expressed interest in. I know, I know. One of them is Dallas was one of them, and um, he's he's expressed interest in four teams. It's Dallas, New Orleans, Vegas, and Chicago. Okay, and Chicago. I couldn't. I say I knew. I couldn't remember, but I knew Dallas was one of them, and I don't see it that happening because J- I, I do believe Dak is Jerry's guy. I hate to tell you, I don't know that Dak's going to be back next year. The more, the yeah. more this hasn't gotten done immediately after the season, the more I'm concerned that they're, they're not going to pay him. They're not going to pay him, and they're not going to be able to agree on a number. I think I think they'll. Uh, could agree on a number, but it's not going to be the forty million that he wants. Well, I, I I think it's going to be like a thirty six. I don't it, it, see. That's the thing. I don't think thirty seven. I'm going to tell you here. I think Dak is thirty five plus. I think Dallas is twenty to twenty five. That's how far apart I actually. Uh, think no, because they offered him are. a thirty five million dollar contract. Yeah, but they offered it to him last year before he blew his ankle out. I still <laughs> think they would make them that offer. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I th- I think Jerry Jerry likes him that much. I think Jerry would go back and I think, I think they would offer him thirty five again. And if he turns it down, then I think that's when they start looking to dude. I ship saw him out. I saw something on Facebook. I swear it was Mitch Trubisky talking about how he is like had the most starts, but with like the most more touchdowns and interceptions than any other quarterback in like history or something like that. It was a really weird stat. And it was like somehow Mitch Trubisky was the leader of this stat, and I was like, "That's wild to think about." Yeah, like, I I don't know what the stat would be, but it definitely in the most. I'm trying to tough. find it. it. It was very weird. It might be it might be the most starts with the least amount of interceptions and touchdowns. <laughs> like you, he's just he just he's out there. He's ten for twenty one for two oh seven, and the team finished the game. Like that may be it, but Chicago is. I feel like Mitch Trubisky is one of those one of those guys where it's kind of like. If he had gotten to a better team, we wouldn't be he would not be as bad as he is. Yeah, I mean which part, I know that's 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 with anybody. Like if you get surrounded by star talent, you're gonna be phenomenal. I just feel like it's kind of relatable to me, like with Matthew Stafford, definitely is a great quarterback this year to trade for a win now team. If Matthew Stafford went anywhere but Detroit or just some bottom of the barrel team, I think he would have had a great NFL career. You'll find out you'll find out very quickly this year just how good Matthew Stafford really is. Yeah, because he's at LA now and because he's, he's actually got a team that's, that can actually do something. Well, I'm gonna tell you now, Matthew Staff like if Matthew Stafford is so good, Matthew Stafford better be throwing three touchdowns in the game this year. Yeah. Because he's got Cooper Cup, he's got Robert Woods, he's got Josh Reynolds, he's got Everett, he's got the other tight end, he's got four damn running backs that they can't even freaking decide from. 
I mean, he's got a he's got a much better offensive line here in LA than he had in Detroit. So and he's we'll, got a defense that can actually hold hold teams under twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I just I've always been a Matthew Stafford fan. Like you you see that though that one clip from NFL Films where it's the longest uncut clip that they've ever used, and it's the one where I think it's his second year in the NFL. He throws. And he gets hit, and they, he falls down, separates his shoulder, and he goes back out there and does the game, the game yeah. tying touchdown. That the and, point after eventually wins the game for them. But yeah, and as soon as he throws it, he checks himself back out of yeah. the game. Yeah. yeah, he literally throws it, and well, then it's like because, slumps into like a ball of just like. Well, gel. he's just like, only, oh god. The only reason that he was able to go back in is because the other team called a timeout. Yeah, I would say who were they playing at? Like Chicago. I don't, I don't remember. I think it was actually I think Dante Culpepper was the backup and he was about to go in in that situation because yeah. Stafford the was other, coming out. And the other and the other team called a timeout and Stafford was like, "You need me to throw the ball? I can throw the ball." He was literally he was literally he was pit. yeah he was literally laying on the ground the sideline. He goes, "I'll throw the ball." He, at one point in time he was like, "Get the fuck off me!" Like threw somebody <laughs> off of me because I throw the ball. If you need me to throw the ball? <laughs> and ran back and out on like, the field. Like Dante Culpepper was standing right beside me. You could like almost see it. Like Dante's like. Damn it, man! This could have been one of my little like my highlight films right here. Like my now, time to shine, baby. Y'all, Dante Culpepper is a little bit before our age, like early late nineties, early two thousands NFL. But do y'all like? Did y'all know that Dante Culpepper actually owned the NCAA record for highest completion percentage in a season for a quarterback in college football history? No, but nope. it doesn't surprise yeah. me. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> It's always it's it it never fails like, that you have some college standout and then they get in the NFL and it's just it doesn't happen. I think Dante Cole. I gotta remember back. I might be completely wrong. I think Dante Culpepper was actually the quarterback in Minnesota when Randy Moss was going the fuck off for the Vikings. I gotta I gotta look back at it, but I'm pretty sure Don, that I was think Dante you're right. I think he went to Syracuse too, if I'm remembering right. Oh, big orange, big orange. Can't spell Dante right. I'm just it, his is spelled where it's D A U. Oh yeah, I would not have gotten that right. <laughs> it was it was Dante. Culpepper. He was the he was the QB throwing to Randy Moss when he was going off. Oh wait, sorry, he was at UCF. Oh even he was even at UCF. Yeah, I would even say that's lower than Syracuse on the yeah the scale. Yeah, Dante Culpepper, baby. Yeah, Minnesota from two thousand or ninety nine to two thousand six. Then he went to Oakland. Then he was in Detroit. Dude, Dante Culpepper was actually only thirtieth in his uh his completion percent, like at a rate eighty seven point eight, and he's thirty third on yards per game. Like that's not bad for as many QBs that have gone through the NFL. You know? Yeah, I mean the dude's got twenty four thousand yards and one hundred and forty nine touchdowns. Yeah, hundred and three time hundred forty of them went to Andy Moss. <laughs> <laughs> not, you're 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 joking, Adam. Not not joking. Seven. What is that? 12, 14, 18. So he threw 131 touchdowns in five years in Minnesota. That math doesn't add up. What's three, seven, seven and five is 12, 14, 20. Sorry, so sorry. All right, so 20. So he threw 129 touchdowns in five years in Minnesota. Well, read that off to me real quick again. What was the yearly total? Like each one, year by year. All right, 33. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't hear 33. Yeah. 33. Well, what I did is I, I took his years out of Minnesota and took the touchdowns that he threw and then minus it off his career, 149. Okay. So he threw 33, 14, 18, 25, 
and 39. That's yeah. 129, yeah. He threw all that in Minnesota? He threw all of that in five years in Minnesota. Homeboy played for how many years, though, total? He only played for seven years. Well, sorry, no, seven, nine. He played for 11 years. Okay, so he threw he in five years. Tw- yeah, he threw only- 20 more over the next six years. Yep, so he, he set out his first year, his rookie year. He if that the- is not more of a testimony to the, what he had around him <laughs> in Minnesota, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> He sat out his first year, his rookie year, became the starting quarterback the second year. He went 11-5. and five. He threw 33 touchdowns on 4,000 yards. And then the next couple of years, he struggled a little bit. And then in 2004, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. But Dante Culpepper threw for 4,700 yards and 39 touchdowns. Here's a fun stat. I just did this. He threw 87% of his touchdowns in those five years. Yeah. And he played for 11 total. Yeah. So in less than half his career, he threw 87% of his touchdowns. That's wild. Yeah. But, wild. But his his touchdown to interception ratio was 33 to 16, 14 to 13, 18 to 23. Okay, the first year was not bad, and it just got worse. <laughs> 25 to 11 and 39 to 11. Dude, that's like if you go 39 and 11 is not bad. No, 2000, 2004 was a good year for him. I bet. That's like, did you? Oh, oh I've got to look it up. Hold on, it's a different quarterback. I bet different Rand, league. I bet Randy came into the league in two thousand four. Oh, he's probably a little bit before that. Because, but also I remember that freaking Thanksgiving Day game. No, Randy, Randy was before that. You're right. You're Randy right. had hundred and seventy yards and three touchdowns on three catches. Yeah, like. Ran- so Randy's Randy's years carrying over with Dante, and not what was that 04? Just give me the, give us that 04 season. His 04 stats weren't even that great. He actually missed three games, but he caught eighty. He caught, sorry, he caught forty nine balls for seven hundred sixty seven yards and thirteen touchdowns. But thirteen out of thirty nine though. In in Dante's first year, actually starting in two thousand, Randy had fourteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. See, I'm telling you, Randy Moss. Dude, you know this year with New, the year that he captained in New England in 2007 with Tom Brady, Randy caught 98 balls for 1500 yards and 23 touchdowns. That's solid, man. That's a solid year. Okay, so I was I was talking <laughs> some other other day about when Randy Moss went up to New England. Yeah, and they were trying to tell me that Randy Moss wasn't in his prime and that it didn't really count that Tom Brady had a stellar receiver to throw to. Randy was 30. I know he wasn't in his prime. But those numbers you threw up were not just something to like just look over. Oh, so, so he wasn't in his prime, but he had he had better numbers had, that year than he did in his prime. He had the third most receptions of his entire career. He had probably the most okay, touchdowns, the second most receiving yards, and the number one touchdown season. That is prime Randy Moss. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. But talking about the uh, touchdown interception ratio. Going back to uh, 1986, the University of South Carolina has a freshman quarterback starting named Todd, Todd Ellis. Ellis. Oh, God. Dude threw 20 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. Go. Talk about having a heart attack of a year. Every time that boy threw the ball up, you're like, was, what's going to happen? That was like Jameis, what, two years ago we went 30 and 30? Yeah, he did. So here's, here's, that was also Todd Ellis's highest rated season. Yeah, go look at the rest of the He was 141 stats. on his QBR. Yeah, go look at go look at the rest of he his threw, stats. He threw he completed 205 out of 340 attempts at a whopping 60%. Threw for over 3000 yards and had 8 yards of attempt. 
Go go look at the rest of Todd Ellis' stats. People, this is what drives me insane when I hear any South Carolina fan talk about, well, Todd Ellis was good. He deserves to be the announcer. Todd Ellis understands. Oh, no, why is Todd the Ellis next, not a quarterback? The, ne the next year he threw 10 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. Yep. The next year after that, in 1988, he was 9 for 21, 9 yep. touchdowns and 21 interceptions. And then yep. it was 10 and 6, the only positive year he had his entire damn time at South yep. Carolina. Now go do the career numbers. Oh, it's 49 and 73. Yep. <laughs> and they want to say he's a Hall of Fame quarterback at the university. Not as that. I mean, people are asking why he's not a quarterback's coach. The man only knows how to complete to the defense. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to throw the ball, just not to you guys. He, he doubled up himself. Yeah. He doubled himself up. Y'all, Todd Ellis has better be happy. He's even a freaking, an, an, uh, you know, a, a play-by-play play -play analyst or yeah. whatever the hell he is. He sucks at that, anyways. Play-by-play <laughs> oh, play call. All right, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna tell the story of the greatest beer run. Yeah, a little segue into the next beer. Okay, I'd about to say, speaking of that, Chris, so, you want to make the beer run? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the. You want to give this to Alex so he can drink more of it? Yeah, I'll do that. Just put it right there. I'll grab it. I'll put it this paragraph is going to give you a little setting. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the mood. Let's turn the lights down. Let's uh light some candles. Yeah. Sorry, I take a final swig of the beer to get to get my uh reading voice going. I wish I could do like a Morgan Freeman impersonation. I'm not even gonna try to say the word again. I've screwed it up twice. Um, <laughs> we're just gonna go on. I wish I could sound like Morgan Freeman. Let's put it that way. <clears throat> In 1967, the war in Vietnam was heating up. Unbeknownst to the U.S., the Tet Offensive was still to come, but that didn't mean the fighting was inconsequential. More than 11,000 American troops would die in the fighting that year. The largest airborne operation since World War II happened in February of 1967. The 1st Marine Division was engaged with the Army of North Vietnam, and the U.S. Army was chasing down Viet Cong south of the DMZ. In short, it was a busy year in 67 in Vietnam. Did not stop one fellow Marine veteran, though. Where is it? Oh, I think I've heard this story. You've heard a story, yeah. Let me see. They don't, for some reason, they don't want to say his first name. There it is. John Chicky Donahue. Donahue. He was a Marine veteran. He had seen combat in Vietnam. And he was out working as a sand hog up in... New York was like a kind of minor up there. It's kind of weird how they describe it. But he noticed in 1967 as the, the Vietnam War was taking off and more people in his hometown were dying, friends were going to the anti-war protests and him being a veteran himself just was not happy with the anti-war protests because he was like, you should still support the troops. Had that mindset. Well, he was in a bar one day when the bartender said troops over in Vietnam deserved a pound the back and a cold beer. Donahue apparently took that as a challenge. He quit his job as a miner, took a job as a merchant seaman on a ship taking supplies and ammunition to Vietnam, packed a bag and a supply of beer, and set sail. Inadvertently, he uh, he ended up drinking all the beer on, on route to Vietnam because <laughs> it took a lot longer to get there than he thought. It took two months to get to Vietnam. Yeah, that six-pack he bought. Can't blame him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That so six-pack he had. So he drank all the long. beer, but as soon as he arrived, he grabbed more and set out to find half a dozen of his friends he grew up with. Homeboy just went back to a combat zone. I was like, hey, you know what? I have six of my buddies are over here. I'm going to find them. When the, the ship actually docked, he ran into one dude from his hometown, so grabbed some beers with him and continued on buying beer throughout Vietnam and taking it. And 
apparently, according to his his story, he said half of his friends that he met it was completely on accident. He was literally just wandering through and Vietnam just, and just, just stumbled upon them. Wow. It was meant to be. Yeah, he was meant, meant to have to a be. beer with him in Vietnam. So he sat down, had beers with him. At one point in time, he took enemy fire by himself and had to get out of that situation by himself. <laughs> he, like, he, dude found himself, just, he found himself in a yeah a- active uh, shootout. And- one of the greatest quotes of this whole thing is he ended up like telling people about the story, and a lot of his friends, you know, said that seeing Chuck just like chick just literally walking through the woods all of a sudden with just beer, just like. Your, your ego and morale and everything just goes through the roof. You're just like, okay, this is awesome. Well, when he got back to Inwood, New York, you know, Donahue was telling everybody, a lot of people actually took him at face value. They're like, that, that's awesome. And he didn't, apparently he didn't have to buy beer for a long time in that little small town because it's a small town. People are going to talk. And obviously oh, people yeah, that are got- from there that are in the war, like, no, yeah, literally Donahue just came through the trees one day in Vietnam. And he was just, there he, was. there he was with a six pack. <laughs> Like, letters are going to make their way back, you know? So everybody took him at face value. Well, outside of the town, no one really believed him. He said, this is his quote, for half a century I've been told I was full of it to the point where I stopped even telling the story. I didn't have to buy beer, though, for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, literally just stumbled through Vietnam So that's not that's not the story I was thinking of. The one I was thinking of, I thought a guy had, like, took a helicopter and, like, flew it into an active... Wars I think up. I've heard that one too. Yeah, and and did the same thing though, like made a beer run and flew. I don't know if he. I think he essentially stole an army helicopter, flew it into an active like combat zone, <laughs> and had a you know like dropped a case of beer, you know, a pallet of beer. I just couldn't imagine being like Donahue's friend, little little Johnny, you know, with whatever infantry unit you know like in the i'm, I'm, I'm with the three two marines or whatever just fighting in vietnam and all of a sudden you're from behind me like hey johnny turn around it's damn donahue who's been out in the marines <laughs> for four years just there with a six-pack like hey you busy like oh little he's in a hawaiian shirt <laughs> yeah some damn cutoffs that's and just wild I mean, to think z- about zero fear obviously i mean this I, guy yeah, I just, just don't like, think he cared no the dude was a marine veteran himself yeah. so he was just like i think he was just like you know what let's you know just, what let's i'd go. have been over here if they hadn't kicked me out made me retire it's just that's wild to think about i was thinking uh i was thinking this is going to be i feel like there was a a story i had to look it up uh, when we're off here but i feel like there was a story of someone making a beer run like this in world war ii where it was like um you know they were kind of like they were there was a battle that was in france or something and they were stuck Basically, like the U.S. troops weren't moving any farther forward, and the German troops weren't moving any farther forward, and uh, and the guy was like, "Man, it'd be great if we had some beer." And the guy like ran, you know, basically like two and a half miles to another town and got beer, and then came back during the middle of like a firefight. <laughs> but mm. that took uh, all three seconds on Google to find that story. Chris is talking about. Is it really a story? This World War II beer, this World War II beer run was the greatest of all time. Is the title? Um, hundred first Airborne Division. Uh, apparently that's what the guy was. It started with a simple request for beer and the greatest beer run the world would ever see. Let me see. I'm trying to get through like the actual gist of it. It's trying to give like a synopsis. Yeah, like a whole backstory. I'm like, nope, tell me what happened. Yeah, he was in he was in Bastogne, Belgium. Cold, short on supplies, food and ammunition and surrounded by German troops because, you know, it's the Battle of the Bulge or whatever. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to get there. It's just... On a whole bunch of stuff. whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah. 
So oh, on the so, second day, his friend Joe Willis took shrapnel to both legs and was pulled back to a makeshift combat hospital in a mostly destroyed church. Uh, Vince tracked his buddy down, asked for anything he could do for his friend. The answer was a simple, I just want a beer. Vince told him it was impossible, yada, yada, yada. Well, Vince, moving through the town from Blown Out Tavern to Blown Out Tavern, went searching until serendipity hit. At the third tavern he hit, Vince pulled up on a pulled on a tap and beer came flowing out. He filled his helmet and took it back and all the beer he can handle and returned to the hospital. And that's essentially it says Vince poured beer for Joe and some of them, some of the other like out of his helmet. around him out of his helmet. Ooh, that's for steak. Yeah, his, <laughs> I didn't stink beer boys. I didn't want to read this part, but apparently that helmet had been previously used for makeshift shovels and porta potties. So that's how the first sour <laughs> ever came available. <laughs> and, yeah. from, and from there, we just developed more flavorful sours with fruits and berries. <laughs> Ooh, there's apparently a bar. I'm trying to figure what this is at, where they give you an airborne beer and they give you a little small, little like ceramic helmet, helmet that, that you pour it into and drink it out of the helmet. That's, that's pretty, pretty cool. sweet. It's probably yeah. in the, it's probably in that dude's like hometown or something. So we're gonna go ahead and crack this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead and crack the sycamore. All right. Yeah. So sycamore brewing. Uh, this one is called. Sticky Crystals, Hazy Indian Parallel, 7.04. They're getting real technical there. Uh, APV. APV? Yeah, alcohol what by volume. A, a BV. That's what I said, right? You said AP. <laughs> I was like, APV? What the fuck does a the P stand for? <laughs> alcohol per volume. There you go. There you go. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alcohol, alcohol per volume and alcohol by volume could that not just be the same thing? It probably essentially could be the yeah. same thing. That's why I was kind of curious. Like if it really did say APV and Sycamore's like, "Fuck y'all, we creating our own new thing." <laughs> yeah. Which, in fairness, I mean, Sycamore, you do your thing. Yeah. But y'all got it figured out. Yeah. You make some great beers. What you think? What you good? It's a good little can design. It's like a what color would you say that? It's not what? a hot pink, but it's almost like I don't know. Like a like ne a, it's definitely a neon green lettering yeah. on a very vibrant like pink. reddish pink. Yeah. This is a Valentine's Day pink. Yeah, and it's got the the crystals which are see-through, so you can see the metal of the can, but they put a little bit of like sparkle sparkle to it. in it yeah. so they shine. Yeah. That real sticky icky ooey loaded with new hop hotness. Sabo and pungent New Zealand. Put, put it in the air. Oh, what? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to that, be clear, that, that was... real sticky, icky, ooey, loaded with new hop hotness. Yeah, Sabro and Pungent New, new Zealand. Zealand. <laughs> Varietals, maybe? I don't know. Put, put it, it in, in the, the air. air. Yeah, that's literally what it says. Put it in the air. Just the last little thing. Put it in the air. Yeah, just being clear, that was Adam and Alex reading off that. That was not Chris. Yeah, Chris, that, Chris is bad enough English. That that's got to be varietals or that, varietals. I don't know. I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to say that word. That's yeah. the first time I think I've ever come across that word in my life. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, then just says put it in the air. Yeah, whoop, just put whoop. it in the air. Family owned, established 2013, which we've probably said before. Let's crack it. Yeah. Let's get that bad boy going. Do you think it smells like, like a a Corona? They're definitely going for ganja on that. They're definitely going for good old marijuana skunk smell. But I mean, do you do you think this smells like when you open a Corona or Modelo, 
Like it they, has a gr- really good marijuana scent to it. Like <laughs> they all smell like a like a marijuana field. Yeah. The answer is no. It oh, doesn't damn. have really. That is this it's, no. it's gonna be in the taste then, maybe. It smell it that smells like what an IPA would smell like. A little sweeter. It smells like what an IPA would smell like. Taste wise, it's actually a little sweeter. Than the surf wax? Well, definitely than the surf wax, but just a typical IPA. It's almost like some sugar to it. That's yeah. What you think of the aftertaste? Bitter, maybe just a, like I would. I don't know. That's, it'd be like biting into like a strawberry. It's got like a little bit of bitter to it, but mostly sweet. Yeah, I just love the fact they went to two decimal points for the alcohol. That's bottle. what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not a seven seven point zero four. Just call it seven zero. Like, come on now. Whoa. That's not bad, though. That is pretty solid. There's a secondary taste that hits me, or an aftertaste. There's yeah. something, there's See, yeah, something that, that's there what, that's hitting That's what Adam that and I are trying to figure out, I Yeah, think. something comes out of this. It's very weird. It, it is. But, a- do, like, do you think, like like I said, I think it's like kind of like biting into a strawberry where you get that hint of, like, that s- s- second of, like, a bitter, but mostly kind of sweet twang. Because it's not... Because it's not, it's not overbearing. It's like, sweet, but I also feel like it. When I just took that second sip, it kind of reminds me of a little bit of like an oatmeal beer, like an oatmeal like stout or stout. Yeah, mm, I don't get that. I don't know. I have to try it again. How, I, don't know. Uh, I, get, I get a good expl- bit. Of like, explain. Explain. I get a good bit of like a, like an oat kind of like taste to it. Like the second the second flavor that I get is a little bit more of like an oat or a bitter or something like that. That's weird, man. What's the name of that website that does all the beer reviews that everybody goes and looks at it? Uh, Untapped. Is that right? Oh, that sounds. That sounds like something. I think it's Untapped. 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 Let's see. God, there is there is some type of like sweetness, Second, secondary flavor. Very, like yeah, there's something to this that I can't get figured out. Or like um, what's the like or a dragon fruit or a passion fruit? Beer advocate. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, oh, beer advocate. I'm gonna look on them because they usually have like a good write up on um these beers because that that flavors. I want to know what it is. Yeah, this is a good beer. I like it. It's just all right. Chris, do you want to go ahead and give it a score? Yeah, I'm gonna have to take another sip of it. I, I like, I want to know what the hell the the sweet flavor is that we're getting on that second hit, on the on the on the tail end of the of the beer. It's almost like a grape, like a green grape. Yeah, yeah I could I could kind of see that too. I think it's solid. It's nothing that's blowing. I, I don't know. It's nothing that's blowing me away. Like I try to be fair to IPAs, but I also feel like this is not. This is not the best IPA that Sycamore even has on tap. So for me, seven one, I think is fair. 
I say I was going to go with a 7-3. So really all it is is from everybody that I'm reading says that the taste is a bit sweet, citrus juice, light sugar cane meets flowers and hops. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think it's just that, that, sec, that second half of the flavor profile that we're getting is just the hops coming in finally with the IPA. So it does. It definitely does lead off with like the citrus and the sugar cane, like they're saying. Cause that's what everybody's saying on this website is that was the first part of it, and then it is followed by you know a little bit of like a medium-bodied chew. Initial sugars are beat back by intense hop bitterness and a dry finish. That's fair. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what I'm getting. I wish I could just like put my put my finger on what the Someone also makes fun of the 7.04 ABV. <laughs> not a surprise. So we're not the only ones that are like, okay, not you don't need surprise. to go to two two decimal points. I like it. Um, we need another taste of it. What's up? <laughs> no, not saying what I was thinking while we're on recording. I'm going to go 7.4. Uh, 7 4. Okay. All right. So, yeah. we're all so, right so we had a 7 1, 7 3, and a 7 4. That's uh What did I give the first beer? Wasn't uh, it a 7, 7 8. 7 8. Okay. I gave it a I 7 say, which four. one do you like more? Adam though? gave it a 7 or 6. I nine. like the surf wax a bit more. Just oh, say, it's, I like, it's a see, normal I, flat IPA. See, I like that a little bit more than I like that one. It's because it has it's sweeter. I say, I, and it must I, be because say, of that. To me, that this one is. Um, I don't like it. I'm not going to say I don't like it. That was a poor choice of words. To me, this one is not as high as the surf wax because it, there's a little bit more going on with this, this one. Um, and it's just not fitting where I would think an IPA should be for me. I got you. Yeah. I was I was gonna actually say the same thing with Alex is that I would if if someone was asking me, hey, which one of these two beers should I drink? And I'd say, Hey, are you an IPA fan? Yeah, I'm an IPA fan. Well then I would suggest the surf, the surf wax. wax. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I mean, this this just I like what they're going for here. A little, you know, a little sugary, little uh, sticky, you know, some like like Alex said, some some floral aromas mixed in with some type of citrus that we clearly can't identify. But I just don't think that it worked. I mean, I like I get what they're going for, but I just don't think that you they think made it missed it. just just yeah. off yeah. just off the mark. Because what's the uh, what's the IPA some special brownies? Is the other IPA that's from Sycamore? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's very, it's way very, better. It's very close to the Hershey Lager, yeah, from Yingling. It's got that chocolatey taste to it. I got you. It, it yeah. doesn't have as much in-depth chocolate to it, but it's 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 way better than this. Yeah, I mean, it just really is. It's it's way better than this. Like a whole point point and a half better. So uh, between the two beers, I, I definitely would suggest the Surf Wax more to, a, to an IPA drink, or even probably to any any specific drinker because just a little cleaner just a little crisper just a little easier to drink than i got you than, that's fair it's that's more fair. of like as bad as it's going to sound it's more middle of the road because it's definitely not just a middle of the road beer yeah, yeah. but for somebody that's not big into craft beers that's going to fit closer to just what they're used to you know yeah just biting a little bit harder though yeah there's yeah. a little bit more bite to it um anybody that's just normal you know bud light miller light quarters light mick ultra stuff like that you That's going to be closer than this will, just because it's a little bit more a out little, there with the flavor profile. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, other with the soap wax, of course you're going to have the more bite. Yeah, because it is a little more hoppier. Yeah, but it's still still, still a really good beer by Sycamore. Sycamore is not disappointed yet, in my opinion. I would um, say I've never I hadn't had a bad beer from Sycamore. This yet. is probably no. my least favorite beer from Sycamore. 
And even then, I would still. I mean, it's still in the sevens. And well, was it, it would also was it Sycamore that we were, and we had like the coconut porter dark beer that you ordered or something like that. And we sat outside. It was me, you, Callie, and Sydney. No, we haven't been to Sycamore. What place was that? The four of us have not been to. It was up in North Carolina. What place was that? We were in Asheville, right? I swear it was Sycamore. Sycamore was over in Charlotte. Yeah, Sycamore was in Charlotte. It's going to kill me. I got to figure out what place that was. I mean, because you got... Oh, shoot. That was a bad beer we had. There was we like... were outside of the picnic tables. You remember that? And it was like a dark beer. It was supposed to have a coconut taste to it, and it was bad. Ooh. I see... You like coconut, though, right? I do like coconut. You yeah. don't. I don't. But he does but, like the coconut porter from Swamp Cabbage. I do. I say, that but it's really well done. But is that the reason why you thought it was really bad? No, though? like Chris didn't even want to finish this one as a coconut lover. I'm trying to think about it because the last time that we went to Asheville, you sure it wasn't when we were at um, the brewery in. This might have been on the coast. Of South Carolina, this might have been. Where we it were was. It was actually. Yeah. It was actually at uh, um, not Palmetto. Um, uh, what's our other boy that's in Charleston that we like? Westbrook. 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 Yeah. 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 Westbrook. Say, yeah. And I that was, say, that not, was the absolute. Sorry. Sorry for the inadvertent shade there, Westbrook. But your guys' coconut beer was. Bad. <laughs> oh my god. I was because uh, I know it's not Weverly because I don't think they've even done a coconut And I'm like, beer. I'm not Weverly lying. It was. Do dark it was beers. a rough enough beer that like Chris took one sip and he was like, I mean, nope. they do. They do a dog beer. What dark beer do they do? I mean, I could. Um, the Blackfish and Brunettes was a darker beer. It's an amber, though. Yeah, but it's darker. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. That's fair. It's an amber, but it's not. Yeah, when I say dark beer, you mean a Porto or a Stout? Exactly. I think yeah. they. I, I want to say they've done one before, though. I, I actually do think they do have a porter. They do have some. It's like something on the river or something along the river or something like that is one of their porters. But yes, Westbrook. It was not the Mexican cake, which they're known for. It was... Um, it was just some coconut stout or porter. Yeah, and it was it horrific. I think everybody took one sip of this one glass, and they're, all of us were like, nope, that's all I need. Which was astonishing, because they have so many good beers at Westbrook. I, I think it was the only beer of the day that none of us finished. Yeah. Like, everybody, yeah, every beer we... Was. Like, me and Chris, like, when we... You know, especially with the podcast and everything going on, like when we, and, like, Adam, you obviously, you're the same way. Yeah, Gaslight porter. That's what it is. Yeah. When we go yeah, through, well, like, when we go to these different breweries, we make a point to, like, we're not going to drink the same beer twice while we're there. We're going to yeah, we're going to try, yeah, we're yeah. going to try on different yeah. ones. Yes, all of them are really good and great. And then we go to that coconut, and we're like, nope. no, <laughs> we're like, yeah, we're good with this one. We're going to let this glass sit here. You know what I've been missing a little bit? The loving cup from Innovation. The hey, loving cup. Hey, yeah. I still got those two in the fridge. If you want them back, <laughs> they're not the same. <laughs> they're not the same, bro. Don't worry about it. You can have them. They're not the same. Yeah, the Love and Cup from Innovation, where um, <laughs> if you haven't heard on this episode, we, it's up near Cherokee, North Carolina. It's in, um, it's in Silva, Sil North Carolina. Yeah, Silva, North Carolina is the actual town. Um, saliva, we, North Carolina. We did have a debate for like 30 minutes on how we are going to pronounce Silva, Salva, Saliva. Sil yeah. Sylvia was in there. <laughs> that was another option. It was, it was an in-depth conversation. <laughs> um, way way too long for just any normal human beings to talk about this Again, one town's name. Again, if you can't tell, English is not our strong <laughs> suit. I'm telling you though, I mean that little town. What numbers, guys? But that that beer though is they call it the Loving Cup because it was their chocolate porter or stout? chocolate stout. Chocolate it, stout. Chocolate stout with their peanut butter amber. Peanut butter amber, and they combined it there in house to make it a one beer, or they just poured they poured out the one tap, and it it literally tastes like a Reese's peanut butter cup, and it's and so good, so good. And then we tried to get a growler of it or a crowler, whatever we could get, and they said they don't do that. 
but they sell the Love and Cup six pack. Is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, it was a mix and match. It was a mix, it was and, the match mix and match. Three and three of yep. the peanut butter and the chocolate. And they said, all you got to do is just mix Pour it 50 50 when you pour it. Lies. They lied. They they <laughs> lied to my face. All right, so, all right, do you think if you did more of one than the other? I've tried it. I've I, tried really, it. I really think it's the fact of like, so like with Doug's is kind of get, Doug's giving us insight at Swamp Couch about this, you know, you, you brew a porter and it's just a normal porter. And then when you put it into kegs, those kegs or the actual big like fermentation tanks is going to have with the flavoring in it. When they put both the chocolate and peanut butter, little concentrated flavoring into those kegs or that yeah tank that they're holding in i swear it reacts differently than when you just get the two individual beers and pour it together yeah that it has to be that it's 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 the it is in the brewing process that's a hundred percent i completely agree with you it's It's nowhere near the same for them it's clearly in the brewing process either you know either post either post brew the minute it's done they're combining it into a keg together or even in separations like in a holding when, tank or a cooling tank or exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. I mean, at some point, the moment that they put it together and it sits for a while, that's when it becomes what it is. Or it's a ratio thing. Like Adam's saying, like maybe it's 90% of the peanut butter amber and it's ten. It's probably not but that But see, dramatic, here's the thing, though. If, but, it, if it is something like, let's say it is like truly like, you know, 60, 40, 60 chocolate, 40 peanut butter. Yeah. If they're putting 60 chocolate, 40 peanut butter flavoring, that's different than putting 60 you, chocolate, chocolate order versus 40, the peanut butter yeah, or yeah, yeah whatever yeah, the stout yeah, pour yeah. I got the actual up. brew itself yeah yeah it's different because that flavor concentrate is literally a flavor concentrate it's a, yeah, it's agreed. a syrup Absolutely. or a mixture yeah. it's not the whole beer that you're getting yeah. with the porters and the stouts yeah so, so that's going to react differently it's it's somehow the way they brew it but if you're ever nearby must stop. If, great. if it's on tap, definitely got to try it. Yeah, in, well, Innovation's it. a great place to go to because they had they had, they had like thirty they beers. Such a small little place, tap. but they had so many damn beers. Yeah. I wanted to like, a lot know of the, they a lot had of to have some sal- underground facility. They, they didn't. They lied to us. They have an underground facility somewhere. Yeah, I mean that was the biggest thing for me is like I didn't understand where the actual brewing was going on in that facility. It's, yeah, it's, either, facility it's either it's either offsite or it's some it's something weird because like yeah, swamp cabbage is not the biggest. But it's actually not the smallest we've seen. Yeah, and I don't know if they could crank out thirty something beers on tap. Yeah, no. the, the brew house itself at Swamp Cabbage could probably facilitate it. it, it Doug and I have talked about this the other day, but if, if they just they put could, in consistent man hours into it, they yeah, could exactly, do it. exactly, because Doug basically brews a beer a week, a week or or two weeks, and then he separates that into what he what he wants to do with it, right? And that's his and that's his brew for a while. So, could it facility wise? Could he do it? Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah. So what I mean, the, the the way the innovation does it, it just it didn't it didn't make sense. The facility that we were standing in, that I agree with you, it's got to be like an off site somewhere else, geez. moved over to the cooler in here, you know. So, but I mean, they were still very good. Oh, the tap, yeah, one thousand percent would totally. I mean, if would we go, go back, I would go back again. Yeah, anytime that I'm even near yeah. that area, I'm going back to Innovation. But speaking of that, I did get something in the mail from uh, O'Hare, um, from Cherokee, Cherokee yeah. and I got the, it was like a free, it's like ten dollar free play that was only good to like the end of the month. 
yeah, I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I, I've gotten about six emails from them in the last week or so. I haven't gotten anything, and I was the motherfucker that was Because you won money. They're not going to invite <laughs> your ass back. They wanted two people that wasted $400 a piece. I would think they would send me an invite, like, we're going to get that money back from this little effort. Like, yeah, no, yeah, they, they, it was like a... I do got to give a shout out to Adam, though, and Chris and everybody on the sidelines. Like, I was on the craps table, and the, it was kind of funny because Chris was there watching me because... You know, we're going to walk around because we all have our favorite games. And Chris was walking with me. He was like, oh, let's get you on a craps table. And I sat there and was playing. Chris saw an opening he go to get on like a roulette table. And he walked away. And then when y'all came back, I think it was Chris was like, no, nah, his chips have definitely gone up. It was either yeah. it was, it was Chris or you, one of you two. It was like, well, no, no, his chips have definitely gone up since I've been over here. Well, I remember walking over there and you had like a slot full. And I was like, damn, big boy's doing well for himself. And then I came back and it had dwindled quite a bit. And I was like. Either he's lost it or he actually got smart and is like putting some away. Come to <laughs> no, find out, I had he lost it. Come to find out, you had put some away. I did put some that. away, yeah. But yeah, at that point in time, yeah, you had started losing some, but it was how you were playing with house money because you were already up. Yeah. And then y'all, y'all, the whole group sit, sat there because y'all were all ready to go and it started going up. And then somebody did a count and was like, okay, if he, if, if he, I think it was my role or the buddy, the buddy beside so, me. My, so what, what what we were doing because it was yeah it got into your role and we were like after he's seven like depending depending on if he loses a whole bunch of money here, well because I guess you can't really lose your money unless you like straight sevened out. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it really depends on the craps table. Yeah. But yeah, like unless you throw straight crap out, you're gonna lose your money. And the turn's gonna be over immediately. Yeah. yeah. But so we're like, all right, let him. Hopefully, he rolls for a bit, which he did. You made some money, and you were like, all right. Because we told you, like, after your throw, like, check out. And you're like, right. I was and like, you no, because like, the guy to my left was been hot. And yeah. I was like, me and him have been rolling. Well, he had checked out right before your throw. He yeah. had gotten out. And then you were like, yep, after my throw, I'll check out. And you walked away, what, up? You walked like, out of there with, like, $500 yeah, that yeah, night? Yeah. 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 That, that was so I walked funny. out with the, the purple chip. It's the first time in my life ever having a purple chip in my yeah. pocket. And I felt proud. Because you, you have to, like, as, as a bro, when you go to the, do stuff like this, like, you, you gotta, have to. You've got to check each other. Well, you, you not only that, but you also got to, like, respect each other. And yeah. we're all tired. We're all ready to go. Keith's falling asleep at the, at the unused blackjack table over there while we got the TV on. But it's like, hey, listen, Alex is winning. But at the same time, we were like, okay. Like Alex is really just kind of playing even right here. We probably need to take our winnings and get out. And and yeah. and, and you did. Yeah. And you did. So because but then we got to remember when no we're not going back on Sunday nights. Is, no, anybody no listening? Anybody nights. listening out there? I don't give a shit if it's not a Sunday <laughs> night or whatever. Don't go. If it last is your night. last day in that town that has a casino, do not go on the last day. We watch the blackjack tables. We watched the roulette tables, uh, crap tables, took everybody for to a the fucking ride. Like <laughs> the cleaners, boy. The worst <laughs> games we have ever played. I was only going into Sunday. Oh, I was literally only down $100, right? I was, I was, I was up money after Friday night, broke even midday Saturday, went back Saturday, lost $100. was like, all right, is what it is. Going to take gonna, expected. Expected. Now, yeah. that's what we were willing to lose. Yeah. It. Yeah. I, I took 400 for the weekend. Technically, I took five hundred for the weekend, but I told myself only a hundred dollars a day, right? So, I I lost a hundred, and I'm going back on Sunday, and we're all like, "All right, let's have a good day." It's middle of the day. There's you know, there's some openings. What? Well, I we, wait an hour to get onto the roulette table. I'm like, "All right, sweet, here we go, baby. Let's let's get down. I sit down, put a hundred dollars down. I'm like, all right, here's here's my fifteen right here. I burnt through two hundred dollars in eleven rolls 
of the roulette table. Well, no, I mean, midday, no, midday Sunday. The blackjack table was killing y'all too. No, midday, midday Sunday, I walked out of there only down 125. So I walked wow. it. No, because yeah. you were down a lot more than that. Yes. yes. You made a comeback. You what? made a serious comeback to get back. Well, to because the craps table Saturday morning. Or Saturday night, whenever it was, I tried to get on the craps. Yeah, table you played. With you. you were across the table from yes. me. We were on the same table though. Healed me. Oh, Adam. Adam it I think sh- I, it, it was it almost like me ten, spat me out. Ten rolls later, Adam like just gave me a little salute and was like, "I'll see you later," and just walked away. Like, <laughs> and so, so I put like I, I think I went there for the weekend with three hundred, and I I was at my limit of three hundred that Saturday midday, and I pulled an extra two hundred out, and that's Saturday night and Sunday morning is when I. Got back. I was up to three seventy five, so only down a dollar twenty five. You know, a buck twenty five at this point. Yeah. Well, Sunday night when we go back, the black. I mean, the blackjack table ch- spit me up, chewed me out, son. It so, was bad. Sunday night was rough for everybody. I, I feel like, for I feel everybody. like also like it's one of those weird things. Like, but was Sunday night off? You, you see it in the movies, but like I feel like when you walk into a casino, you can almost feel the atmosphere. If that atmosphere does not feel good, just go play, ahead. Play you like five hands, and if it doesn't go good, just go ahead and leave. Like how, just how that get was, you a steak dinner and just go home. Well, how, that was my thing because we had Nate. I think you may have even been standing there too at the time because we had put you on the craps table. Yeah, we had walked around to the blackjack table. It, it was it was you, Nate, and Keith, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought you were standing there with I, them. I was standing there watching y'all get your ass handed to you, and then was like, "Yeah, I'll get in on this." Like, well, no. What an idiot! <laughs> so I, I, so I put my first hundred dollars down, and I got through like I pushed a hand, lost a hand, lost a hand, lost a hand, pushed a hand. So I was like, I was like eighty dollars in the hole, like five, you know, five. And Chris was like, looked at me, he goes, "Yeah, dude, you just put, you need, you need to play through this little rut. You'll be all right, you know, like the change of the deck, yeah, but- and you'll be all right." Hundred dollars down, ate me, you know, <laughs> God, no, like, straight like, done. I remember done. like I. I because that that last day I went to the craps and was like okay I'm just I'm gonna see if the luck carries over because like you said the night before I was definitely on a hot hot streak and I was like okay I'm just gonna see if it goes it did not go so I was like okay I'm gonna quickly get out of this shit because craps is one of those games where it's 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 not like blackjack it's more like roulette like you may not realize how much money you're putting out there on the table but like one it bad go, hand it'll quickly take away of your yeah. a lot of your money yeah. Because so you'll, like, you'll go from having, you know, just your one $15 bet, you win the hand, so you're going to throw another 15 out there. You, oh, I hit again, I'm throwing another 15 Next thing you know, you got $100 out there on the table and don't even realize it. Yeah. And then somebody sevens out and you're like, and in, oh, in your oh, mind, oh, In your God. mind, you think, it's, you think it's banked money, but it's really not. It's just that one bet got paid for, so you, you threw it out there in like two different places, so you don't realize it. Like, it's just, it's very weird. Yeah. Um. But I remember, like, I quickly was like, okay, this time for me to go. So, like, I, I I got out, chipped out, and walked over to where you guys were playing on the blackjack table. And, you know, obviously, we went there where they were doing uh, social distancing. So, a, a normal blackjack table fit five. They did three people. And y'all yep. got lucky and had the three three of our group on one table. And the dealer was even, like, that one dealer, the little blonde, like, I think she was, like, Eastern European or something yeah, like that. She, she had, like, a weird accent. She was cool, but, She man, was so cool. She, she wanted y'all to win badly. Yeah, and like she was like she was talking about like you know it with blackjack it sucks only have three people on the table because when you have five people on the table the cards, the cards get the cards play totally different and I remember sitting there watching like she would have like a five up and then obviously the other card face down 
textbook play, she's got a bus card. If you have anything over 10, just stay and don't don't buy in the morning anything, just nothing. And she ended up like flipping like a, like a five to six card 21. And you're just yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so think I, mean, I, remember, I remember one time watching you guys play, and I, I swear she would deal to her, she would deal to herself, the three of y'all. Y'all would take multiple hits across the table. She would flip over her cards, work her cards up. And in all of those cards across the table, there would be like one face card out there. Yeah. And then, and then you, it's had, like, what the hell? Like, there's 20 something cards on this table, and there's one face card. Like, how? well, the, and then you said, nah, and you, you looked at yourself and thought, yeah, I want to sit down at this table. And we, that's when we looked at you and said, no, you don't. You don't want to do this. Yeah. And you're like, you're right. You yeah. Cause I've been, I've been playing craps the whole weekend. I was like, I'm going to try blackjack. And you know, all of y'all were like, no, not at no. this table. <laughs> Because we thought we could play through the wood, and yeah. it it just got worse and worse. And so, so yeah. Nathan, Nathan was even up big that weekend too. He was killing it the, the first two nights on Nathan, Blackjack. Nathan was up Friday night, and I want to say he was up going Saturday in, too. I'm Saturday sure. going into and Sunday, it's like I don't I don't try to like toot our own horn, but like if you look into how how do you like if you really look into the strategies and methods of playing Blackjack, we got all it. of us know these methods yeah. like the back of our hand, like we. We're not just your, I wouldn't say we're not just your average blackjack players, but we, we know what we're doing, especially how to work a table, especially if all of us are sitting at the table like we had. We owned that table. So we're all thinking the same thing. We're not going to take a card that should go to the dealer. And we were just getting screwed left and right. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, like Friday, what, what, what doesn't make any sense is like Friday, they're all looking for, for tables. You and I walked over to the other end. You watched me sit down at the table on Friday. I get in, everybody runs a little rut with like we get in. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's a hundred bucks. In a matter of thirty minutes, I was up one eighty. Like, yeah, not, not, Chris was just like, it was like a couple of hands. All of a sudden, was, his chips were just completely different. It was like, yeah. holy shit. Not, not, not that I took the hundred and turned it into hundred eighty. I took the hundred and turned it into two hundred and eighty. And I was like, all right, thirty minutes. This has been a good little ride. Let me get out here. Let's go see what else is going yeah. on. And then from there, it went downhill quick. So. And it's just, it's crazy. Like, I know it's all like you know, just playing against the odds. But the fact that like. He sits down, like he said, for 30 minutes, turns 180 profit. And then on Sunday, we all basically just lost money. It. Yeah. Yeah. The last day of your trip on a casino trip is always the worst day to go to the casino. Yeah, just take your money. Not, cash not the out. day that you're leaving, but the day before that. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, just, the, the, the time before this went to Cherokee, the last night up there, me, Devin, and Adam went up to Cher- the casino. And we went there. What, what time do you think we showed up at the casino? 11, 10. Yeah, because we, we, because the, that was during the NFL playoffs have been going on. Yeah, we, we y'all watched, watched, y'all watched, the, watched AFC the AFC championship, AFC championship game. game. Yeah. Everybody was like, no, nah, we're going to call it for a night. And we're like, okay, well, the three of us had the itch. We're like, we're going to, we're going to go back to the casino. We're going to go. We finally left at like what five in the morning, six like, in the morning, like six in the morning. Yeah, we were having the morning. We were having to check out of our house that Monday morning at 10, and we didn't get back to the, to the house until like 6 30 yeah we all came home took like a 45 minute power nap woke up and started cleaning <laughs> with the rest of the guys but like i mean one one time on that trip you know last day blues we're sitting there on the roulette table we're like i covered 70 percent of the roulette table adam covered 70 percent of the roulette table Devin covered 70% of the roulette well, I table. Think Devin, we were I, all spread out but like we would all each one of us would pick like two-thirds of the board to cover ourselves and we were Nothing. still somehow losing money. We we're just like, this makes no damn sense. Like, it just does not make like you couldn't fathom what was going on. The house has finally caught up with us. The, yeah. 
the odds were no longer in our favor. Last day of casino trips is the worst day to go to the casino. I would like the next guys weekend. I love Cherokee, love Innovation Brewing, love that vibe. But I kind of would like for like our next guys weekend to be, to be Vegas, not Vegas, but an, another casino. Ugh, I say, if I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to take big more, more, right, so more, I, more money, and yeah, I'm going to be losing big we will, money. We will certainly go to Vegas for either Adams or Devin's bachelor weekend because yeah, so, we'll uh, be older. You'll likely have kids. I mean, it's going to be like you know two, three years from now. But I would like, I would like for us. I don't, I don't know if there's one in Savannah. I know there's one in Tampa. Like we could go to Tampa, go to that. We go to Biloxi and also say, take some time in New Orleans. Like I think that would be kind I, of a cool. Some, thing to but do. yeah, somewhere other than somewhere other than Cherokee. I guess. Just, yeah. just a little different. Well, it's like it's. So we all what we've talked about before. At least I've talked about before. You know, I've I've been up to Pittsburgh for a preseason game yeah. for the Steelers, yeah. and we went to the Three Rivers. We went to the Rivers Casino, which is literally right across the street from. The Heinz stadium, Field, yeah. You know, back in the day, that was it was the Three Rivers Stadium where it was the it was the multiplex stadiums that was popular in the eighties and nineties, where you know baseball, football, all in that one stadium. So they built the casino right across the street, and it's a mind-boggling experience when you go from like Cherokee to a major city like that because like they were giving us. Hope nobody heard that. Um, <laughs> they're giving us like free drinks while we're playing, all this other different stuff, but like. We actually talked about on this trip to somebody at the Cherokee Casino. Yeah, we talked to somebody at the table. Yeah, we're like, hey, like, like why, why does this not happen? And it was the, what, North Carolina's a tax on all this yeah, stuff? Yeah, I asked the dealer why they like, – Was it asked, Paul? Is that who y'all talked to, Paul, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I asked him why, like, they, they didn't give away those free drinks and stuff like that. He said because North Carolina has a sales tax on every bit of alcohol that is distributed, whether you do it for free or whether you do it for 5 15 whatever. So – Cherokee's just not willing to front the money for all the yeah. sales tax for the alcohol they would be handing out. To oh, and, and you know, Pencil, Pennsylvania is very much a they, they've legalized online sports gambling. They've legalized a lot of gambling. It's like they don't have those taxes that, that, like that. So you, well, the house is going to make them. Money. Oh yeah. So like we were literally at the table. I remember playing the blackjack table. And like I was winning money on this trip, and Callie, my wife, was standing behind me. They were giving her free drinks. Because the, like, it was the mindset of like, as long as she's happy and she's drinking, she won't bitch to him, and okay. he'll sit at the table and play longer. Like yep. it was, you could clearly tell what was going on. It was a different dynamic. Like, yeah. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we go to Vegas because I'm not going to want to go to the smaller outskirt casinos in Vegas. I'm going to like the, the MGM the Bellagio, the MGM Grand. <laughs> I'm I'm going to the Hollywood movie casinos that we see all the time. Yeah. Like I'm. Yeah. I'm going for the experience when I go to Vegas. He's, I'm he's going ocean, in hard. He's, he's Ocean, ocean 11. Ocean 11, shit. baby, yes. <laughs> Chris used to have an Ocean 11 plane. He was going to rob a bank growing up. Yeah, dude. Still yeah. are, man. Still in the Still works. Are. No, I'm, no, I'm, we're not. You I'm, didn't hear that? Yeah, I'm good right now. We're going to cut that audio out. I'm good right good. now. <laughs> hey, slow play. got slow play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm good right now. Um, That's why I'm going for the full experience when we go to Vegas. If, like, I'm going to all those – I'm. Go we're gonna. Uh, I want to stay at a hotel like that, like the nice hotel. Like I don't care if we sure, like eight but, of us have to split a room. I'm gonna want to stay at like one of the good. But hotels the thing is, though, like even with that, like even the rooms itself only like a hundred dollars a night. Even Ve- I mean, getting to Vegas if, is not cheap. Staying like getting, getting to, to no, sorry, getting to Vegas and staying in Vegas is cheap. The flights are cheap. Hotels are cheap, you especially can, when it's the normal like boosting tourism economy, not not COVID affected. Yeah. Because they know you're going to spend your money there. We could, once even, you get there, we could legit get our room comped because 
what we could, I mean, depending on how we are comfortable, like if, if two are going to sleep in a queen bed, two are going to sleep in a bed, the four of us are going to spend X amount of dollars, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, depending on how much you say you're guaranteed, like the amount of money flowing through that one room, if yeah. it's four of us in one room, yeah. because it's going to get us a reward or something. I mean, basically, you could say there's, there's at least $2,500 flowing through that room. Easy. At least. Yeah. Easy. Like what I, what I was going to say is I remember when I worked at the hotel and we got, we had two award ceremonies across the basically 13, 14 months that I actually like worked at the hotel. Like I, I showed up, we had an award ceremony, worked a full year. We had another award ceremony that I left after that. But I remember in, in the first like award ceremony, we were going to get like a top 10 IHG award for whatever, for the state of town. So my, my GM and the owner and my GM's wife and everybody fly out there. And basically, the owner's just like, "Yeah, we're gonna bet ten grand um, between both these two rooms. You know, take me down for it." They got their rooms comped. They got their breakfast comped. They got alcohol in the casino comped. They, I mean, he he bet ten grand in a matter of three days. What? Sorry, he bet twenty grand in a matter of three days because between he two rooms. between the two rooms, <laughs> which we're so not gonna does, do. Does Vegas <laughs> do the free drinks? Like, I'm pretty sure I don't, I don't, sure I don't know. I just knew that their drinks were comped except for the specialty drink that Drew's wife wanted to order because she looked at it and in the hotel that they were staying at legitimately flew in fresh watermelons every day from some specific area in South America. So she could have some kind of watermelon cocktail. She had a watermelon martini that was $86 a martini. Jesus. And oh my God. And, and basically she looked at it. She was like, Oh my God, I love watermelon martinis. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm not paying $86 for this. And my G or my owner was like, I'll pay for it. If you want one. And she was like, no, you're not spending $86. He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I got it. And she's like, no, I don't care if you got it. Like, you're not spending $86 on it. And the waiter shows up and he's like, we want one of these. Yeah, didn't even give her an option. So she ended up, she said she ended up getting to have three. But what were they worth? What did she yeah, what did she say about them? She said it was amazing. She said it was one of the best alcohol drinks she's ever had in her mouth. Or like just in general, just a, man, absolutely. I would have a hard time paying eighty six dollars for like a bottle of like a not a bottle like a glass of wine. Like that wine better be from like a very special year from a very part eight, of eight, Europe, eighteen sixty. Like, yeah, Bordeaux with, with Zer, right Zer, out of yeah. right out of Italy, right out of a cellar in Italy. <laughs> exactly. Like if, <laughs> if Callie came at me and she's like, "Hey, I've ordered this, you know, this watermelon martini. It was eighty six dollars. Hope you're okay." They'd be like, "Ah, dude, <laughs> you walking home? Like, <laughs> you better figure what? out how you pay for it." Yeah. That, what the hell are you talking about? Like, like you lost your damn mind. Yeah, I mean, I'll pay eighty six bucks for a bottle of wine. Like it's got to be. Like, oh, easily it's for be, a bottle of wine, but like, like I got to know the region. I got to know the year. I gotta depending know. on the mood and the the situation, the celebration, I would pay eighty six for like a glass of wine. Like, it better be one of the best damn glasses of wine I've ever had. Best drinks of all time I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it for no watermelon martini. Like, like how about this? How about this? Would you get a glass of a hundred year old bourbon for eighty six dollars? Yeah, easily. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would. Too. I will pay eighty six dollars for like a ten year rye bourbon. Like, if it's aged in certain barrels Climate, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hundred hundred year old. How about you? Eighty six is steep, boy. <laughs> like Adam's, I, I Adam's over it. that old crow budget. No, it's like hey, I enjoy it. You good get joint. you get the you get the ten ounce. What not ten ounce? Uh, what is it? How many ounces is it on the on a typical pour on a, on a rock? Oh, usually about like one or two ounces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, and if he's a heavy pour, if you're lucky, two and a half to three ounces. All right, how about this? 
four ounce pour, hundred year old bourbon. But eighty six, eighty six, twenty dollars an ounce. Yep. Damn, boy. <laughs> Steve, that's like twenty dollars a shot. Think about it, because a shot's usually only one ounce. Yeah, to an ounce to an ounce and a half. Yeah. yeah. How much is an ounce of? Cocaine? Oh, I would do that every day. How much is an ounce of cocaine? <laughs> yeah. Probably more than eighty-six dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in the chat, let us know. I would Google it, but this computer is monitored by certain people, and I'm not doing oh, I, that. I got you. How much does an O of coke go? <laughs> <laughs> wow. How much? All right, let's take our bets on it. Let's take our bets on it. How much is an, an ounce, ounce of cocaine? cocaine? I'm probably going to go like 150. So I'm thinking about like a one ounce of shot. How much? Like, well, I don't know. One flu, one ounce is different than one ounce of like weight. Yes. And, a, you know, that's a light powder substance. Yeah, I'm going like 150 to 200. That's the range I'm going with. If you want me to lock it down, I'll say like 168, which I doubt Google will return 168, <laughs> but that's what I'm going with. I'm pricing right as this. All right, Adam, throw your throw your guests out there, Chris. Throw your guests out there before you get. Well, he's already Googling. he's already googling. Oh my god! Yeah, Chris has already seen enough info to get an educated guess. All right, Adam, throw it out there. What you thinking? An ounce. An ounce of the Colombian Bang Bang, that booger sugar, that sweet nose nectar. All right, so uh, question: Are that we brain doing, tickler? Are we doing low grade price per ounce or high grade price 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 per ounce? Mm. Let's go. Let's go. There's not an average. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how say how drastic how, how, is how great is this that they have one, what's two, the three, drastic, four, five, six? They have six different states that that they have this study. Oregon's on. probably one of them. No, it's not it's Oregon. You got, well, you, got Ar- now, you got Arkansas, California, DC, Florida, New York, and Texas. I can believe it. Florida. All right, so California, DC, and Florida will probably have the three highest grade out of. There's the rest of those states. DC, I don't know if there's just like a high crackdown on this in DC or whatnot, but this shit is wild how expensive cocaine is in DC. It's just also because like the population up there makes a good bit of money, so they know they can charge them and they'll pay more. for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For an ounce. This show is taking a turn. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> we gotta wrap this up too. My wife's telling us to get out of the house. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, one eighty three. We're going. Wait, what city we're going? High DC. Low. No, no. Are we higher or lower? Um. Well, I mean, depending depending on the state, you guys are around average for so Texas, Florida, Flor- Florida for low Florida. grade cocaine in Texas, Florida, California, and Arkansas. Arkansas apparently you can get an ounce of cocaine for a buck thirty eight on low grade. So high grade, what are you at? Three thirty two high grade. So that's like so, that's like not it hadn't been stepped on, hadn't been cut, hadn't been. Yeah, it's it's very much very pure. pure. Yeah, very yeah. close to pure. So in Cali, so here you go. High grade costs. That Pablo Ar- Escobar shit. High grade costs for an ounce of cocaine in Arkansas three thirty two, California two fifty six, DC five ninety five. Six hundred bucks for a high grade ounce of cocaine. And boy, them senators are paying out their ass. I'm telling you, boy. It, wow, just they're they're probably some, in the middle grade somewhere. Just some, just to do some cocaine off with strippers at yeah. uh, Florida two ninety eight, New York three thirty right, so uh, three thirty seven. We're not Texas, terribly off with one fifty one eighty. Yeah, we weren't yeah. terribly off, but Most, we were definitely in the low grade. Texas, Florida. Oh, you're, you're a little bit better than low grade. So, yeah, but you're not. Yeah, the high so grade for low grade, y'all y'all's one eighty. For low grade, it was California, Arkansas was 138 or whatever. California, Texas, and Florida, low grade cocaine was going for 160. 
And I was right there. I said 168. Yeah. yeah. Right, right there at 160. So that's like right. that baking soda cut shit right there. <laughs> I mean, all right. Could well, be worse. You can clearly tell we've never indulged in this activity. But anyways, no. that felt like that's a good topic to end, end the show on. <laughs> yeah. It's a wild, wild conversation right Woo! there. Man. Yeah. Let, let us know, like, comment on our Facebook feed. Let us know about you, your drug. Yeah, let us, yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah. If you're getting cocaine for cheap, we're asking you to self <laughs> self incriminate yourself on how much you bought coke. For, don't worry, you know? the government already knows. They, yeah. You you might not think it. The government you're on a, you're on a watch list. You don't know it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, we're gonna wrap this one up. Um, been a it was been a good episode, fun episode. Thanks for everybody listening. Um, as always, I'm Alex. Got Adam, Chris, in the studio. Yep. Night, y'all. Yep. Enjoyed it. Till next time.